Hello, it is Thursday, May 27th, big day, big day. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. The fact that you do, I am eternally grateful for. If you don't enjoy this show by the end of it, please just be a friend to, uh, no, actually, just act like it never happened. Yeah. Don't, don't tell anyone. Yeah, do not tell anyone. I, we cannot stress, and I kind of bobbled my words there, and that can't happen either, but I cannot stress this enough. If you do not like this show by the end of it, just don't tell anybody. Keep your mouth shut. Take that to the grave. Mm-hmm. We won't say anything about you either. No. But if you like this show, tell everybody. Dude. Yeah. Hey, go ahead and tell everybody. A little guerrilla marketing out there. Boots on the ground. Hey, have you ever, it's pretty, yeah, we're in the middle of, you know, nothing really going on, but not bad. You know what was good today? Insert name of this show. Right. But once again, if you don't like this show, please, okay? Please, we're just trying to live our lives here. Pipe fucked on. Yeah. Keep your mouth shut. Let's get to the show, huh, Ty? Let's do it. Hey, be a friend, tell a friend if you like this thing. Also, we uh, end of the show, if you make it there, uh, doubtful, but if you do, we do have some giveaways that are going on. We can't thank you enough. Uh, let's get to it. Let's have a moment of silence, please, for hockey season being completely over. Moment passed. In like a lion, out like a cheetah. <laughs> Hockey season is over. Just like that, six games in the first round. (laughs) Pittsburgh Penguins are sent to the summer to go fish and hopefully teach Tristan Jari how to play goalie again. After an incredibly electric evening in the Coliseum over there in Long Island, Pierre Maguire had a couple lines last night about the New York Islanders that was very, very cool, very, very sentimental, and very much put into perspective what the Islanders mean to the Long Island people. Now, Pierre Maguire said in the middle of that game because the crowd was loud. I mean, it was awesome. It was it was playoff hockey. It was the NHL playoffs. The most I've seen the NHL playoffs be thus far in the Coliseum. The uh, Islander fans showed up in a massive way. And Pierre said, this is their team. They didn't come from anywhere else. This team has always been here. This is their team. And I find that fascinating because if you think around there, Brooklyn's got the Nets now, right? Mm-hmm. The Bronx got the Yankees, right? Yep. Kind of mm-hmm. like the Bronx. That's like yep. their thing. Manhattan, who has, uh, has the Knicks and the, um, the Rangers. Yeah. Right, if you, right. If you think about that, yep. yeah, yeah. That, that happens. And then the Islanders have Long Island. It's like their thing. And that's like, what, 40 minutes out, I guess, if yeah. you ride yeah. on a thing, like each of the, the stuff. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing. I did not give enough credit to the Islanders fans before getting a chance to witness the Islanders fans as the first real fan base back after COVID. They were unbelievable. Rude. Obviously, Very of course, rude, yeah. they were bullying a guy who had been through enough and forgot how to play the sport that he was trying to play in the highest you know, place that he's ever had to play it before, which is our goalie, Jari. They were chanting his name the entire time. Then they're chanting Crosby's name. They're saying, and I actually like it. I'm like, yeah, chant the greatest of <laughs> yeah, all time right. name. Crosby's like the Yankees. He's going to sell out everywhere he goes. Come watch the guy who is better at hockey than everybody else. They're chanting his name. They're chanting Jari's name. I'm like, hey, listen, you chant Crosby's name. But once he ate that cross check in front of the net and his body laid lifeless on the ice and not one single penguin player mm. came and fought anybody. Yeah. I was fucking done with him. Yep. Not when Jari let in a goal off of his chest through the five hole Ooh. to make it a two goal lead. Not whenever we got a double minor with four minutes left in the game to put us on a power play for the rest of the game down to. Not whenever I had already given up by then. It was when Sidney Crosby laid lifeless on the ice. Blow the team up. 
Fucking get him out of there. Wow. That coach, Sully, great run, pal. Appreciate everything you've done, man. Thank you, Sully. Hell of a run. I appreciate what you've done, man. A lot of cups and everything like that. But that team got bullied. Uh, That team had a goalie that forgot how to play goalie. That team was supposed to win another Stanley Cup. That team, that team was supposed to give me ammo to talk shit on everybody for at least the next month and a half, Mm. two months. That team was a team that I, as a child and through my, is the only team that I've ever been a fan of, like actual fan of. And that team is now going to hit a stage where we're going to have to rebuild this thing. We got a new president. We got got new everything. We're going to get rid of the coach. Hopefully, we got to keep Sid. Obviously, have to keep Sid. Going to have to keep Gino. Going to have to keep Gino. But I've heard Ovechkin's maybe a free agent. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's potentially a free agent. I mean, let's go ahead and do this thing. People are going to want to come play with Sid. Let's go ahead and bring them in. Let's go ahead and make this thing right. Let's rebuild this new coach, new goalie for sure, and a new team. Let's go ahead and win another Stanley Cup. Uh, But now that the season is over, it's a shame we never have to talk about hockey again. Well, Uh, good luck to all the teams still participating in something that isn't even real anymore. uh, Don't you worry, because the real Hockey Town USA will take care of the Islanders because the fake Hockey Town USA couldn't do it. Okay, so the Boston Bruins have been waiting hmm. for uh-huh. the winner of the Islanders Penguins uh, to see who's going to meet in the next round. Uh, Boston Bruins, New York Islanders. If, is Boston allowing fans? Uh, yeah, they're not full capacity like the Islanders were at all, but they do have fans in there. It was like they were on top of the ice. Yeah. And I think they're blowing that place up. They're going to make a new arena, Mm -hmm. and it won't be anywhere near as awesome. You know, like, for instance, I talked about the Igloo yesterday, which is where the Penguins used to play before they moved into PPG or whatever. It was right across the street. They imploded that place. It was a big deal in the city of Pittsburgh. I think literally they stopped work the day. It was imploded like, hey, thank you, Igloo. Thank you. Great performance. (laughs) I mean, it was a really sad day. But that place, you know, kind of a shithole. Seats weren't great. Mm -hmm. So you didn't want to sit down. Also, the way it was built, you're right on on top of the ice. Yeah. I mean, it was like a gladiator-like feeling. Then, obviously, PPG comes in. Still a nice place. Very nice place. But it's kind of a little bit more comfortable. Hey, we're going to raise the prices. We want people to feel mm. a little bit, you know, like it's uh, modern. Uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, same type of thing. RCA Dome, I guess. I never got to play in there. It was like two years before I got here. I guess that place was a shithole in comparison <laughs> to the Lucas Oil Stadium. But everybody was standing. I guess the way it was built, the sound would go off the roof. It was like they were on top of the field. As these new stadiums kind of unfold, it's almost like you lose that gladiator-like feel. It's almost like you 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 kind of miss the old days of where it felt like somebody could just spit on a player. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and that's why Madison Square Garden ain't never going to change. Right? No. Madison Square Garden is always going to be Madison Square Garden. Trey Young got spit on over 50 cents head last night yeah. by a New York Knicks Wild. fan. But it's like those places are hard to come by now with all the billions and billions of dollars spent on making stadiums more comfortable, more relaxed. Hey, here's the internet. Uh, it's going to be better. You can order at your seats. You sit down and be comfortable. Those places like the Coliseum, I've never been in there. But I assume that people in there don't want to sit down. I, I assume yeah. it's not a place that's like, hey, come in here, sit down, get comfortable. Uh, we're going to bring servers out to you to bring some wine or anything like that. That place was magical. And I, I, this is the last run for that place. Yep. I hope they get a chance to bottle it up because, uh, you know, next year, whenever they build the new stadium or arena or whatever, it's going to be big. It's going to be wide. It's yeah. not going to be the same thing. And it's just, I miss those dungy-like places. But I completely understand why people aren't going to want to pay 200 bucks for a ticket for one of those places. So I understand why the leagues are doing what they're doing. But I do feel like that's something we're going to miss out on as sports kind of go forward and evolve. If they were trying to design the new one with, like, the low ceiling and kind of a... <laughs> 
the same way as the I Coliseum so. is now, but it is probably still going to be hoity-toity. How come him. they don't do that, though? Like, how, like Seattle, the Seahawks, they built that stadium, and it's still loud. It was built to be loud or whatever, you know, but it's still probably pretty nice. How come they don't, like... You know, realize like oh, everybody else is saying the environment gets completely lost whenever we build a stadium. Why don't we still try to keep the, you know, well we could do that or we could open up a little bit more and add like another I don't know two hundred thousand dollars worth of tickets every, <laughs> yeah. every single game. You know, it's like that fine balance in there, and I just hope we don't lose. Like Madison Square Garden will always be Madison Square Garden. Right. We're not going to blow that place up and move it. So that's still like on top of it. It's more for the Knicks than the Rangers, by the way. The Rangers a little bit more spread out, but the Knicks it feels like they're on top of that court almost. It was. Uh, I, I I enjoyed watching that Coliseum operate last night, yeah. you know, even though the game was fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Heartbreaker. Well, we'll see how loud they are when they get a face Tuker Rask and not a shooter tutor in that. And That's right. And guy can actually stop some puck. Yeah, it's easy to get fucking going as a hockey fan whenever you're playing against a goalie that you know has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, first shot he faced last night, high glove side goal. Yeah. All right. Can't stop beating. All right. The, the Pens went into that game, and I think that's why Sydney just fucking at one point, just kill me, dude. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to score seven goals here tonight. All right. Can't do it. Now, Fuck. Sydney has to score, too. Like, I don't know. Yeah. We're going to find out he was very hurt, I assume. I, I think he probably I had a broken so. leg, maybe. Or something like maybe that. Maybe even broken hips or something. Yeah. Wrist. To the Isles' credit, that's just incredibly demoralizing. To Every time oh. you score and take a lead, that they answer right back. Bang! Well, it's demor- to the Islanders' credit, I guess, they did. <laughs> they were able to get pucks just on frame. Because it felt like if you just got enough of those yeah. on frame, that Jari was going to let it go in at some point. And now, Jari's probably a really nice guy. Okay, and we had been dancing on this guy's grave for a long time. I want his head on a spike, Pat. That's I how want it paraded down the streets of Pittsburgh. That that's how a lot of people feel. Yeah. And, and Nick doesn't feel that way. He was just echoing the sentiments of what he saw in Pittsburgh. Obviously, cut off his head. That's what Nick is once again Good echoing boy. other people's sentiment. Nick is from Pittsburgh, diehard Penguin fan, um, world ball hockey champion. Okay, the die- but what Pittsburgh people are saying about Jari right now, Jari has earned. I mean, he, without him in goal, with somebody, maybe even the legacy guy, maybe even a Maxime legacy guy, which we thought for sure was going in once the goal hits off, once the puck hits off of Jari's chest, and then he bats it in with his own yeah, thing, basically. Right. Like, excuse me, can you score on me more? Once that happens, legacy we thought was going in. Sullivan says, nah, we're not doing it. But not only that move by Sullivan, Sid and Gino, the toughest guys we got, the best guys we got, they're the only ones that will scrap or fight or anything. They're showing highlights how the Islanders were just like, hey, Hey, everything Sydney's doing, he's getting crushed. It's like, this is what I'm talking about when I say, if Sidney Crosby was playing during the Gretzky era, mm-hmm. okay, there would have been somebody on the Pittsburgh Penguins who as soon as Sid got hit the way he got hit one of 30 times last night, as soon as that cross check hit Sidney in the back, there's somebody coming with a stick like they're Shohei Otani oh, yeah. right at the head of the fucking person, okay? That is just something I think that has been mismanagement, uh, but that's why we have a new president, there's a new GM, there's new everything going on. I hope they get bigger. I hope they get tougher. I hope they get faster. And most importantly, I hope they find a... I hope they find a goalie that's worth a single fuck. But I am legitimately bummed that hockey season's over because I was really getting into it. NHL playoffs are the best thing. I have just been starting to like really get into it as well because it is tough with some of the times around. But I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I was loving watching the Penguins and then last night, you know, I mean, the Golden Knights, I should have known Minnesota Wild come out wearing the green tarps. There's just no shot. What happened to Stoner? Uh, Well, Stoner's still hot. Stoner's hot. Math last night, not so much. Hey, Hey, let's talk about Sorkin, the Islanders goalie. 
you can win a Stanley Cup with one hot goalie. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, no matter what the rest of the team is, okay, the team can be the most talented team. Like, for instance, the Bruins team flies. They fly yeah. around, and Tuca's unbelievable and everything like that. But if you face a goalie that is just four times, if this goalie can, for instance, if Sorkin can remain hot for what, 10 more games or whatever, they're going to win. They they could win the Stanley The New York Islanders could win the Stanley Cup because of how good that dude is. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, still right. got to score some goals. And, you know, to their again, to the credit, the Owls answered every time they had to. But but we saw what they were shooting against. Yeah, and they do have Tuca on the other yeah. side. Well, and letting in three goals like last night, that ain't going to get it done against the Bees. They'll win. Yeah, I mean, but Tuca's one of those goalies, yes, by the way, who right. could potentially just win. Math was one of those goalies yeah. for us, and I think for a bit there for you guys. I mean, he it, still kind of is. I mean, he played like shit last night. But, but if they – that's the thing. That's what he, I said he was a – I said he was a liability game one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You knew? Game one, I walk into That's Hockey Talk, our podcast here, and I go, hey, what is this guy? I had never heard of him. Nick was like, oh, he's been on the roster. They built him up. He was on the baby pens out there in Altoona. It's like, Ooh. all right, bro. Okay. All right. I get the baby pens. All right. What is he? Why is he flopping around on the fucking ice? What, what, is, it, what is he doing? What? He's got to get in there. He's so cold. Next game, same thing. It's like, who is this guy? This is, the, this is the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is... Hockey time! was. You're right at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still I'm in. I'm sorry. We're hey. still in the playoffs, obviously. But we get bounced by the Islanders twice in the first round. And then last year, obviously, uh, walked in four straight games. It's just, at this point, we obviously are better than Detroit would ever be. Of course. Sure. And that is, yeah. that is something that we shouldn't be proud of, though, at this point. No. You know what I mean? And it does feel like the Pittsburgh Penguins are... Falling completely out of relevancy when it comes to the Lord Stanley conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it, but there's going to be a new team next year. Yeah. Don't you worry about that. Sid's going to have somebody that's going to chop off heads if he gets hit the way he's been hit by the island. Well, they're a good franchise. I mean, it's not like it's the Pirates. Like, they're going to, you know, they're yeah. going to do what they need to do to respond and, and make another run at Lord Stanley's Cup next year. You're, you would think. It sounds like you're thinking that the Golden Knights got no chance either. It seems like the only well, thing we have is potentially the Bruins. No, oh, yeah. I mean, I still think the, uh, the Golden Knights are going to get the job done. Like I said, team. When T-Mobile Arena is uh, rocking, I mean, it's tough to win there. But, you know, I, re- I haven't watched the Avalanche at all. A lot of people are saying, hey, the Avalanche are actually really good. So, you know, you should maybe look into that a little bit before you're spouting off. On yeah, the but we don't nights. do any of that. No, no, no. no, no of course not. Would. Of course I not. Would. No I, just, I, I figured. <laughs> That's you know, not our go-to. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I figured we'd get the job done last night. We'd have a you know couple days to kind of recollect ourselves. Hey, we're going seven. I just don't know how that bodes, you That's, know, for the rest of the playoffs. That's Ty Schmidt, who's been a Vegas Gordon Knights fan since the Vegas Golden Knights uh, inception. Yeah. yeah. And we're a big nameless, faceless opponent show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, if our show's teams play the best they could possibly play, it doesn't matter no. who we're playing against. No. We're a big nameless, faceless. We don't care. Arms and legs, that's all it is. It's not an actual. So whenever people say we haven't done enough research, you're right. You know why? We don't have to. I test mm-hmm. Hey, if my team's going out there and performing, we're going to be just fine. We're All winning. Right. All right, so uh, rest in peace to hockey. I hope you guys win, one of you guys. Hopefully. Thank you. We won't talk about it, but I hope one of you guys no, win. No, no. no way. We'll try and shoehorn it in when the Beast do lift the Stanley Cup, but until then. Good season. I mean, they've just been chilling, too. And, and then at the end, during the handshake, you know, uh, customary, mm-hmm. legendary, you know, handshake at the end of the series there, Pierre McGuire or whatever is like, the number one seeded Penguins out in the first Ooh. round. I was like, Pfft. 
We were, weren't we? We were. <laughs> we were the number one team. We, this is not one we're supposed to lose. And the bees have just been sitting back in Boston chilling, waiting for like, uh, like what, a week at this point? Feasting, resting, oh, getting ready. It's a shame that hockey season's over, but let's get back to what we know. Football. Uh, Julio Jones. Whew. Okay. June 1st is coming. And that is where in the contract it saves, I think, the Atlanta Falcons like $15 million next year or something like that if it's a post-June 1 trade. Now, to be clear, we have learned that nothing means anything when it comes to these NFL contracts at this point. They could trade him yesterday and deem it as a post-June 1 designation. And that's just kind of how the whole game works. And that's been exposed, I think, through this post-quarantine lack of funds era where everybody's just making contracts that mean nothing, kicking money down the road. Guarantees are here. Guarantees are there. Pre-June 1, post-June 1. We'll do it now. We'll deem it post-June 1. Nothing means anything. But by the way, that's business. You can have a contract and then you can go to the table and kind of renegotiate things. And if both sides are happy, that's really all that matters in the whole business thing. You are exactly what people deem your worth to be in the business world. And right now, allegedly, Julio Jones will be traded And this is what we have said since the beginning, because we have seen situations like this in the past where we automatically assume that it's going to be this high ransom to get this player on the team. Now, Matthew Stafford, okay, that was a huge trade, massive trade. A lot of things got traded. This has happened for quarterbacks in the past. I remember remember RG3 got uh, picked up by uh, the Washington football team, and they traded like I think like four number ones mm-hmm. to the St. Louis Rams that became the LA Rams. I mean, there's there's been massive moves that have been made, but more often than not, it feels like it's skill positions. Guys get moved for far less than what you're expecting. Now, everybody's saying that it was going to be a first round to get Julio Jones, and, and that was allegedly what was being reported before the draft. The Atlanta Falcons were like, hey, you want Julio? It's going to have to be a first round pick. It's going to have to be a first round pick. Allegedly, nobody bid. Now there's mixed reports on whether or not it's a future first has been offered or if they're just contemplating that, but Jeff Darlington on Get Up yesterday said that it's probably you're probably looking at like a second or a third round pick at this point. A second or a third round pick. You know who was a second round pick? Somebody that I, you know, like I think could be great or whatever. Yeah. Kyle Trask was a second round pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After drafting Kyle Trask, they signed Blaine Gabbert for another year contract. They still have Tom Brady for two years. They're just hoping that Kyle Trask works. A second round pick, although very high draft pick, very important piece of, uh, in the general manager's mind going forward, going to have a lot of chances because this is a high investment. A second round pick, though, has failed a lot in the past. A third round pick has failed a lot in there. I'm not saying Kyle Trask will fail. I'm just saying, look, Kyle Trask was drafted in the second round. They have Tom Brady and Blaine Gabbert. And Bruce Arian said Blaine Gabbert's the most underrated player in the NFL. So it's like they're getting second round. People are still using second round picks as like potential backups. Like, hey, we need security at a position. We need potential whatever. Julio Jones is not security. Julio Jones comes in in second round pick and is a guy for your team immediately. He's 32. Okay. And, and even to the haters that are saying, oh, he's gonna, he's only got a year or two left. It's like, cool. I don't care if I get Julio Jones for one year at Julio Jones and it's only going to cost me a second or third round pick. Fucking good news. Because that third round pick I draft could be great. 
Hey, there's been great players drafted in the third round. There is a lot more that have been absolutely dog shit and have yeah. never made it in the NFL. I don't understand how this works, why this works, but I guess this is why GMs are GMs and I'm not a GM. But how do you not pull the trigger on this immediately if it's a third round pick to get Julio Jones? What am I missing? Is it the 15 million? But we've learned that the 15 million guaranteed that he's owed next year and then the 2 million he's owed the year after that. Can they not restructure that and just kick that down the road like every other team has done in the salary cap that has been strapped up? What what is the problem? I don't think I fully understand it. Ty, your thoughts? Well, I don't know either because we were talking yesterday, and I feel like a uh, like very recently, like his injury history has really been like brought up. But then I think Diggs looked at it and he was like, uh, he really hasn't missed his, like that much time. Like he missed a bunch of games last year, and but like before that, like he's pretty much he's been healthy. So I don't know if it's just like, I mean. They, everyone overvalues draft picks so much. Why do they? Because you, you, because you, you're a fan, I guess, and you've seen like, hey, we drafted Aaron Rodgers in the first round. It's like, okay, you Fair. did. Yeah, it's a good. That's a really good call. Hey, we drafted another success story in the first round. Remember the guys you love those first rounders. It's like, okay, let's go back though. Let's look at all the first rounders that have kind of you know fizzled out or second rounders that have fizzled out because only the bangers survive. And you just move along and don't even think about that. But there is a long list, a long list of people that everybody thought was going to change franchises that were drafted high, first round, second round, third round, and they did not. And that is, I think maybe. You know, I look at it differently because of how many young players I've seen come into a locker room and be awesome and like, oh, my God, the highlights uh, are incredible from college. And then for whatever reason, just can't just can't make it for what the transition is not an easy one. It's not just something that everybody can work, whether it's physically, mentally, maybe it's the financial situation. You know, as soon as you get a little money in your pocket, you change. But there's a lot of things that can go around wrong. If you can get a proven guy. Yes. Why not? And that is just how I would do it. It's how Tampa's doing it. It's how Kansas City's doing it. It's how a lot of these teams are just building. It's like, hey, why are we rolling the dice on what could be when we have a we know what is? I just don't fully understand it. Well, and to your point about getting cheaper, maybe that is it. It's like, uh, he's 32. He comes with this. If we can draft a guy who's 21, who's going to be cheap. But like, not only is he like a guy, like he's a surefire, like first ballot Hall of Famer. If he still has a couple years left in the tank, like you go get this guy. Run that A.J. Brown video. A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans put together a TikTok. And A.J. Brown, by the way, wears the number 11, I think, because of Julio. Yep. He made a, a – you'll let him say, listen to how this guy – and this is not just A.J. Brown, by the way. This is basically every receiver in the NFL and every corner in the NFL says this type of thing about Julio Jones at 32 still, yes. I haven't even been released yet. Okay, I'm going to sell you on some things right here. Listen to me closely. You have 10 of you. Mr. Finger Roll himself every time. Eric Hill. Listen, he does what he needs to be done. Like, he's a leader. He's a great passer. He's it. Anyway, next. Him behind me. Superhuman. We don't even have to discuss him. He speaks for himself. Look how mean he look in the picture. Like, okay. Then me. I'm up and coming. Pro Bowl year two. Not a big deal. Kind of a big deal, but not really. Okay, scratch that. Anyway, whatever. You. The GOAT of our era. The, of our receivers help me help you come home Leo come home see I the first time I listened to that, I didn't hear him say who at the beginning I thought he was calling Julio Leo like that was his nickname <laughs> oh. and I was like yo that's a dope nickname Fine. like imagine if Julio's nickname was Leo but he did say Julio there I just heard it because it was a little bit louder in my ear there I thought he was like come home Leo and I was like 
That's right? awesome. Nick, wow. That's yeah. But anyways, this is how AJ Brown's speaking about him. You heard Ty in uh, Q and A on Twitter. Hey, outside of Colts receivers, who's the best receiver? Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. You hear cornerbacks and safeties. Uh, like, hey, what uh, what wide receiver do you uh, not like going aside from Julio? Everybody says that. If it's an aside guy, okay, I think he's worth a third rounder. I think that's what Bill traded for Randy. Like fourth. A fourth rounder, third rounder. Let's just assume if it's an aside, back in the day, aside from Randy Moss, people would say whatever. Let's get him in the building. Chris Ballard, listen. Tennessee is in a full court press right now from the teams trying to recruit Julio and get him in there. Diana Rossini, who we do know has these sources, yep. mm-hmm. she said that Atlanta and Tennessee have discussed Julio, but that that's not something that is necessarily happening around the corner, but it has happened. Uh, I'm very fascinated to see how it plays out. People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30. In the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where That's they can get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those yeah. problems where you're like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, which, can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm-hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Their supplement contains vitamin D3, what? zinc, what? magnesium, what? maca, what? and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good news. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Uh, joining us now, uh, he's going to call him. Uh, we, got, we got a guy who probably knows who's potentially in these conversations. And he's going to have to play it cool. You know what I mean? He's going to have to play it cool with, like, what he can say and what he can't say. But... I think we should put his feet to the fire here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Shrags is going to be joining us here in like a minute or two. I, I think he probably has a lot more insight on who's potentially making a move here, right? You would think. Yeah, he seems like he, like he explained his mock draft. He doesn't watch film. He goes off of just speaking with executives and scouts and everyone. So I assume those lines of communication are open year-round. Yeah, and he's doing a, a new 10-part I think interview series or conversation period. Mm -hmm. Coaching class. Coaching class with Sean McVay. Cannot wait to hear that. Uh, Joining us now, 
Ladies and gentlemen, an Emmy-nominated host, Woo. an insider for Fox, Peter Schrager. Yeah! What's up, Schrager? Let's go. How are we doing? Hey, I don't see any uh, shaving cream. Good news. Okay, <laughs> no. we're off to a better start than last time. I do like it. Okay. You look good. You look fantastic. How are you doing, man? What's this thing with McVeigh? You text me about it. I, I, I seen the headlines. I didn't fully dive yeah. into it. I'm excited for this because McVeigh is obviously a great speaker, great coach. You two have known each other since senior bowl days, drinking beers mm-hmm. together. What is this? I'm pumped to hear about it. All right, so I usually can't stand when they interview a coach uh, on the podium. I usually hate when we have to uh, watch the sideline reporter interview a coach at the NBA game. Coach, would you, or in the dugout. I hate it. It's called coach speak. I, it, it gives me the chills. It's so bad. It's cliche. It's generic. And those coaches hate talking as much as anyone. Um, but McVay and I talk a lot. We talk all the time. And last year around this time, we were like, we should do a show together. And I, well, it's not that easy. And he's like, no, I, I will talk about anything and I will be candid and I'll be open. I'm like, no, you won't. The, the <laughs> second I bring up Jared Goff or Todd Gurley, you're going to clam up and not be yourself. And he's like, you're probably right. I, I, I can't talk about anything, but I do want to talk and be normal. And I like talking with you. So Bill Simmons at the, at the ringer and Spotify came to, to me and said, Hey, we're looking about doing this thing called flying coach last year, Pete Carroll and Steve Kerr did it. Um, is there a coach you're barely close with? I'm like, let me ask McVay. Let's see if he does it. Um, McVay was all in. So we're doing a podcast. It's just 10 episodes. It's not one of these every week where we need to book a new guest. It's 10 episodes, and each episode is going to be a coach in the NFL and someone that we think we can get to be a little unfiltered. And the first episode, we did two coaches. We did LaFleur and Sala together, and both of you guys will appreciate this. Those guys were – roommates in 2004 at central michigan where they were grad assistants wow. and they both made nine thousand dollars a year and lived in a one-bedroom apartment together and they're now nfl head coaches one of them in new york the, the other one in green bay and uh, uh we tell the stories and it's unfiltered and they both were great and sean is sean's fantastic pat i remember when you first got involved in this and aj when you started doing a lot of the media stuff i'm like those guys are talents McVeigh's going to be coaching for as long as he wants to, but if he ever wants to stop, he's got a media job waiting. He's really good. He's a great host, which is the coolest part about it. It's not me interviewing him. It's two of us BSing and letting the viewers in and listeners in. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Can't wait to hear it. I heard he was offered a significant amount of cash to do Monday Night Football, which I was pumped to hear about for like a week or two, and then he went back to coaching. Now he's got Matthew Stafford. In your, by the way, can't wait to listen. Congrats on yeah. your new show. Congrats, yeah. Trey. Congrats, Trey. That's awesome. And congrats to McVay as well on his successful media career whenever he wants. So good for him. The um, yeah. And he's awesome. The... L.A. Rams, though, could be a team that could get Julio? No? Like, uh, are they a team that could get Julio? Or in your eyes, there are a lot of other landing places, like the Colts, for instance, where he probably should go to, or maybe the Titans, they're recruiting him hard. And do they have any offers on the table? What are you knowing about the whole Julio uh, situation right now? None of this could happen till June 1st. So all this speculation, it's almost like this is the recruiting period. We can have A.J. Brown or Pat McAfee videos all we want until then because nothing's going to happen until June 1st. And you can recruit and do what you got to do. Uh, if City the Rams is were awesome. It, yeah. Yeah, then, <laughs> place is great. If the Rams were going to do it, um, I feel like I would have heard more about it and they might have done it quick. Like The way they work over there, when they wanted Stafford, it's like, all right, go get Stafford. When they wanted Jalen Ramsey, it was like, go get Jalen Ramsey. 
the fact that it's been so quiet over there, and I haven't talked to Sean directly about it, but I think if it was going to happen, you'd already be hearing about it. The Rams, I'd be a little surprised. Never shocked with them, the way they're aggressive. The Cardinals are a team that I thought would be uber aggressive on this thing. Their whole offseason has been go get J.J. Watt, go get Rodney Hudson, go make it. They haven't been very active or heard anything from them. So I think it might be one of those AFC teams, guys. Honestly, I think it might be Titans, might be Colts, might be Ravens, might be Patriots. And Julio, as you know, I I think he could have a Randy Moss-like effect when he came to New England. I think Julio is going to tear the roof off whatever new team he goes to. He is that good and still that good and still that hungry. I cannot wait to see where he ends up. Hey, Strace, you mentioned teams with – that that are solid teams that are that have potential. They're going to be good. I I heard Julio does not have a no trade clause. Is, is there a possibility that he gets traded to a bad team because that in turn would give them a better first round pick if they do get a first round pick? I don't see it, AJ. It's a great question. The the thing that I see with him, it's almost like the Matt Stafford situation up in Detroit. They don't want to end on bad terms with Julio. They know that they agreed to a contract. This isn't his doing. They agreed to a contract that this fiscally does not make any sense. And there's new management, and they're looking at the books, and they're like, we just can't afford this guy over the next several years if we're going to rebuild and also try to build something where we're going to be competitive in other positions than wide receiver. And if we can get something for him, we're going to. But they are not. I would be shocked if you saw Julio Jones lining up for a 4-12 and team or a 5-11 and team. I think they're going to do him a solid, and I think the Atlanta Falcons will trade him to a destination that can win and actually compete for a ring. Oh, that's why that situation with Shannon is so interesting because they had like a mutual agreement like, hey, we're going to do this thing right. We're going to do this how we got to do it. And then he gets, I'm out of there, dude. Yeah, I just want to mm-hmm. go win. You know, like, And then who knows if he knew or if he didn't know, but you could see. What, what are you hearing? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, as connected I am with Fox, I've, I've never – I don't have a relationship with Shannon. Who does know? Who knows that? Who knows, Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I honestly don't. I, I'm not even getting Who? like – I'm not getting like uh, nervous talking to you guys. I just had, I literally have zero information. I actually don't care like about that situation, <laughs> like the ins and outs. And It was actually good, compelling TV, but I'll let anyone else deal with the uh, ramifications of that. I had no idea how that all went down. Ah, uh, so you were told not to talk about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sorry we put you in that spot. It, I can't imagine it's something they want me talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got it. Friend of the show, we'll move along. We won't put you in that spot. Um, around the NFL, OTAs are happening. Some places aren't. Some places are. What is the word from how the NFL PA, the NFL moving forward? Are they going to change OTAs or do they view this as a big win the NFLPA the NFL this kind of all settled down but it seems like everybody's back to work which is great news for all of us I think in a media world it's great news for us and I think that right now the word we heard from the NFL yesterday was that as of right now if the plan is as is you know 30 of 32 teams could have full capacity week one yeah. guys I, I it's unbelievable sports are going to be back I, I went to the Nick game I went to the Nick game last oh. night did you spit on a guy did you spit on Trey Young it wasn't me I'll tell you what there, there is a there is a fury i don't even know how to explain this like the way the knicks fans were so jacked last night for knicks basketball and then to take it all out on this one young man who has been amazing was incredible it was like reggie miller type stuff but my point is everyone said sports are coming back we had a super bowl the truth of the matter was i kind of said it with like two sides of my mouth sports they were not back sports with fans is when sports are back so that bubble situation with the m like not taking anything away from LeBron and AD like they won their championship and the Dodgers might have won a World Series and the Bucks might have won a Super Bowl 
But sports with fans in the oh, building are when right. sports are officially yeah. back. And last night was my first big sporting event like that. 15,000 fans, rabid fans. And it was awesome. So these OTAs and all that stuff, I feel like we're trending in the right direction. Some teams, um, the Packers didn't have Rodgers or their top five wide receivers at OTAs. But the Jets, Jets had 80 players at their OTA practices. And at the 80 players out of 90, that's, that's pretty darn good. Like some teams are there, others aren't. And I, I feel like sports are back and I cannot be more excited for this NFL season. Amen. Shregs, what are you hearing uh, out of Jacksonville with, with Trevor Lawrence and obviously with Timmy Tebow? How's he doing there with the transition? They're excited. They're going to give Tim Tebow a shot, man. And I, I'm fascinated to see how it plays out because Urban obviously is bringing him in with the opportunity, the thought that he's going to make the team. Like Urban wouldn't do this for some publicity or gimmick. Like that's not what they're about, uh, or at least Urban Meyer's not about that. Urban thinks this guy can help the team, and at the very least – that he can set the standard for what an Urban Meyer ideal player is. This is Urban Meyer's favorite player of all time. And he's also a friend, and you can go through all the, hey, it's just a friend helping out a friend or all it is, but he's going to have to make the squad. And they're excited down there. It's not just Trevor Lawrence, and it's not just Urban Meyer, and it's certainly not just Tebow. But there's a lot of young players, and there are a lot of guys who feel like this is their time, this is their time to step up. And I can tell you all the vibes out of Jacksonville, now that we're in May and going into June, are really positive, and not just that – this is going to be a feel-good story and a fun rebuild, but like we could be competitive with this quarterback and this head coach leading the way. I heard Trevor Lawrence talking about it, and it, it, now Trevor Lawrence is a super nice guy. I was complimenting him. Hey, he's running, he's moving, he looks good, he's jacked, he's in good shape. Um, but it sure sounded like how you know a friend would describe a potential lady that was coming alongside of his uh, significant other, like maybe on like a, a hang. Like, uh, you know, uh, great personality. You know, like that Trevor Lawrence was like, yeah. great in the locker room, yeah. good leadership, love yeah. being around him. I was like, okay, maybe he doesn't know how he is on the field yet. But it does feel as if everybody down there is probably a big fan of Tebow and is like, hey, pumped to be teammates with Tim <laughs> Tebow. I'm excited to see how it all pans out. I think he ends up, I think he ends up, Thousand yards, probably. Easy. Okay. Thousand, thousand yards, probably. Yeah, a couple tuds, maybe seven to eight touchdowns, probably this whole yeah. thing. Or, or Dallas, Dallas Clark, right? Like that's what you're thinking. Like, no, do of, not whoa. disrespect whoa. Dallas. Whoa, Dallas. whoa. Okay, Tebow's a legend, uh, but Dallas, don't you do that to Dallas? Uh, um, go ahead. Talk. I think he might make it though. Honestly, Pat, I think he might make it. Like, let's go. Let's see how it goes. There's 90 spots for this roster thing, and if they if they release him, it's because you know what. Urban could not look at his team in good faith and say, this guy is one of the 53 best players. But if he brought him in and he's not embarrassing himself and he performs the way that they are hoping him to perform and he plays tight end and he's your third tight end, I honestly think there's a shot he makes this thing. He's got to be a core special teamer, though, doesn't he, if he's third tight end? He does. I think he does, AJ. I also think they need to have some sort of red zone package or some sort of way where they do get him in at quarterback and you see some of that Taysom Hill stuff or you see whatever – you know, whatever quarterback Tebow you want to want to call it, where he comes in for those special packages. But uh, hey, that's Tebow stuff, not Taysom Hill stuff. Please, yeah, it's true. It's true. That was Tebow stuff long before Taysom Hill stuff. Um, Thank you. I, Urban doesn't. Urban doesn't need to do this. Like Urban's not. And, and I know people are like, well, they're looking for publicity. I'm like, it's an NFL team. Thirty-two of them exist. If you win football games, you're getting publicity. We talked about the Jaguars nonstop on Good Morning Football a few years ago because they won. They went to the AFC Championship game, and you can't ignore it. 
I, I think Urban's doing this genuinely and earnestly, and I think there's a chance that Tebow makes this team. You can say what you want about talking about them endlessly on Good Morning Football, but they still have to tarp out entire sections at the top. Yeah, Bring in Jacksonville bingo. legend, I think they sell those tickets rather quickly, yeah. at least for the first time or second time. But if Tebow's a player, you're 100% right. You win, you have fans, but you got to win consistently, and I think Jacksonville has been so... I know. You know, know. What I mean? and their fans are ready yeah. down there, by the way. They got fans that are boozing, pooling, yep. having a good time. If they get good, that place will become a real, real, real environment. Good time. Shrey, you alluded to a bunch of guys being absent from uh, Packers OTAs earlier. Um, have you heard anything from the team side as to what exactly in the hell is going on up there? <laughs> um, and do you have any idea, like what kind, when, what timeline we're going to get for Roger, the Rogers situation to potentially be solved? Like, do you think it'll be before the big golf match on July sixth? Yeah, I, I honestly, this is the this is the quixotic part of this, where a lot of quarterbacks are in constant touch with their front office and, you know, Brady's going to miss practice, but don't worry. I'll be, you know, there hasn't been that feeling from Rogers. I don't think there's been any real contact with the front office. Now, Pat, I love what you did. You did the whole bit about when Rogers said, I love Jordan love. I love the coaching staff and all the coaching staff's like, yes, yes! It's not us. It's yeah. like, I love it. It's so true. Um, because I can tell you LaFleur adores Rogers and, and cherishes the idea of coaching him. And the, the idea that, you know, it might be our LaFleur Rogers thing. I could tell you, Matt was like, we're good. Like we're good. I, I think we're good. And the fact that he's out there in Hawaii and he's on the ukulele and he's with Miles Teller and he's in all this stuff. Like I could tell you, it feels like the further we go down that rabbit hole, the longer it takes for me to think that Rogers is going to be back in Green Bay under center, calling out plays. Oh, that coaching staff, that coaching staff, they they love him, dude, and they would love nothing more. But they also know that they might have to get Jordan Love ready if this is what we're seeing. Uh, out there in Hawaii. Rodgers looks pretty happy. He's 15 pounds lighter. Like, yeah. it doesn't seem like he's in any rush right now yeah. to get back to Green Bay to uh, be, you know, mixing it up with Goody and the boys. AJ, any thoughts? Well, maybe he, he chooses July 6th, that big golf match, and he makes, like, a big announcement. What, like, hey, he looks into the camera Could right be. down the road. I'm coming back, guys. Can't oh, wait. And then everyone's be. happy. Could be. He's. I, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, and AJ, you might know better. I, I don't think he's ever missed any of these voluntary things. I don't think he's ever missed that July 6th deadline. So these are unique times. Um, and the fact he went on the Kenny Main farewell show, and I thought they both were great on it, it, the fact that he went on there and he was so happy and so zen and so chill and still couldn't say, don't worry, Packers fans, I'll be there, or it'll all work itself out. Like if you're in the most kumbaya period of your life, and it seems like he is in a great place mentally and emotionally – and even then, you're not like, ah, let's let bygones be bygones. I, I got to think that we might be a little bit further away than, we, than we'd like to be if you're the Packers. And he did say, I love Green Bay. Mm -hmm. I love the fans, you know, in that, in that whole – he didn't say much in there, right? And I assume Kenny knew that was going to happen. And to, to your point, to echo that, I thought they were both great in there. We enjoyed it. Don't know why you would do it on the last Sports Center instead of the first Kenny Main show, wherever he's going. Hopefully, he does that. But be uh, that too. yeah, that, that, you know, I think it would have been great. But we didn't learn much in there either. And AJ probably does know more than he is able to dodge yeah. for mm -hmm. three hours or two huh. and a half hours, three hours every day. But I don't think anybody has a clue how this thing ends. I, I don't think anybody has a clue, and it's very, very. I mean, it's leveled. There's contracts involved. There's mm -hmm. money involved. There's, you know, there's allegedly the Broncos are involved at one point. I mean, it's just, it's insane. Uh, I can't thank you. Here's enough. my here's my question to you guys, because you guys know Aaron well from doing 22 shows with him this year. 
if Goody and Mark Murphy were to fly to Hawaii and show up at that door, what does Rogers say? AJ? Price says, come on in, guys. Hey, got a guitar for you. Yeah. And he films them playing. He does a little duet with them. Maybe some Taylor Swift, and then then everything's good, right? Is that what you think? I have this vision of them, of them showing up in you know casual attire, being like, "We're just gonna take it by bull by the horns. Let's get there. We got to go to Hawaii." Hawaiian shirt. And on. then that knock coming, and then and then you know, Rogers, do you answer that door? We're having this amazing week. We're singing Taylor Swift on a ukulele. No, nobody we're, answers we're, that and, door. Miles. And then okay. Goody shows up with the knock. <laughs> do you answer it like it's David Baker from the Hall of Fame and it's say, like "Come cops. on in." It's like the cops being there, pretty much. Yeah, the cops are showing up. Oh shit! But Miles Teller might stare that one down. You yeah. know what I mean? He might open that thing. Is it aloha, hello, and goodbye? Yeah. So he just says that <laughs> with a grain and a pretzel. Shut They the don't door. know what to do. Hey, he's throwing shakas out there. I mean, what a! I mean, he is yeah. living. It, you're. He's earned this, obviously, to be able to do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, it looks so fun. It does. It looks like a blast. Yeah, I love Hawaii too. Man, I was uh, I was watching those videos this morning. We were showing them on the television show, and I literally am in my Brooklyn apartment doing the show on remote. And there is a dump truck that is backing up in my ear, like this close to my ear, and I'm just hearing the dump truck just 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 taking garbage and leveling it about 20 inches from my ear. And I'm watching videos of Rogers with Shailene Woodley uh, with a fat with a water fountain over his head, and he's got a perfect six pack. And I'm like. We're in different places right now. That's, that's, that's what's going on. Yeah, you and Aaron will be in different places for the rest of your life. I know. <laughs> I know. Me too, by I the know. way. Aaron is in a different place with a lot of people. Let's talk about you being remote, though, and staying in the streets. You know, everybody moved out to the suburbs. You are suburbs. You stayed in the streets of the city. We're back. City's back. We've been seeing pictures. Why are you guys remote right now? Is, is why? What's going on? We are remote for this week, and I believe we'll be going back to studio soon. I, I'm not exactly sure the reasons. I don't ask uh, the whys and the whens, but we have these remote studios set up in all of our homes. So I think it was one of these deals where we're like, it's the off season. It, it's kind of a quiet period. Let's just take a little bit less not getting up at four in the morning and driving in uh, you know, an hour and a half to the city. Why don't we just be able to do the shows from home and get through and then once this, the training camp starts coming up, we'll be back in studio for sure. Hey, good decision, by yeah. the way. Hey, baby, Shrakes. Shrakes, uh, there was uh, a report on this show yesterday that was a, there was a complete <laughs> blackout in New York. Can you <laughs> confirm or deny that this did happen? I didn't see it. I must have missed this part of the show and Jeez. I did not see a blackout. I apologize. Well, we lost connection to Sirius uh, in the middle of the show yesterday and Zito drops in my ear and goes, uh, we're off of Sirius, uh, but we have to keep going because uh, we're live on YouTube. We asked what happens in Sirius. He goes, New York has experienced an entire power outage in yeah, New York. No, wow. No, that's, uh, no. Actually, there was one year, 2003, I want to say. It was, <laughs> it, was, uh, yeah, it was a false report. Yeah. We'd like to apologize for that narrative we almost pushed yesterday. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's alarming. It's scary. 2003, there was something called the brownout, I want to say, where the entire city went yeah, down. That. In summer of all, it was like August 03, and it was one of the most fun days in New York City. Everyone just went drinking, and there was no power. It was great. Yeah, it's like you guys live in like the Amish, Jeremiah and, exactly. and Gabriel and them. Uh, exactly. Uh, Abraham and Gabriel. Yeah, shout out to them. <laughs> Thank you, Amish. Hey, shout out to the Amish, by the way. This is love the you. biggest Amish oh, show on Amish the internet. Uh, they love it. Shregs, thanks for joining us. When's that thing debuting? Are there any other coaches that you can – it's all 10 or out? No, no, no. Just the first one's out. It's Sala and LaFleur. And I'm telling you, there's ball busting. Like, it's a lot of the, 
it's a lot of the the ethos that you guys bring every day, which I love so much, and uh, I envy. And me and McVeigh kind of have that dynamic, and we're doing it with all these coaches. And then moving forward, it's going to be a different coach each week. Um, but we got some good ones in the hopper. We're excited to get on. You got Mike Tomlin coming on. Please, there might be a Mike Tomlin one. We haven't confirmed yet, but it might be a Raheem Morris Mike Tomlin combo. Those guys have history, and that might be our our four that day. Hey Tomlin, if you can get him to go, I've heard he is electrifying off microphone to that is a that is going to be sean's big ask because i haven't asked sean to flex his muscles yet i have zero relationship with mike tomlin outside of professional you know doing the stuff but that's when sean's going to earn his keep he's going to start (laughs) you know ladies and gentlemen host of flying coach flying coach which i never do Hell yeah. Hey, Sammy nominated, ladies and gentlemen, Peter Schrager. Hey. Joining us now is the insider that is going to be the insider for the NBA for all of us for the next 60 years. Yep. The young, the handsome. A man who writes for the athletic and works for the stadium and is also man who's breaking information about the NBA left and right and the NFL, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Sharon. Yeah. Sean, what's up, dude? Yo, Pat, I'm just trying to keep up with you, man. After yesterday's big Adam Vinatieri bomb, I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure that you're not creeping up on my job and that, that we're good. We might have – I don't know. Are we good, Pat? Yeah, Sean. Hey, Sean, we're good, okay? And if I get any other news like that, I'll send it your way. But I don't know if I work like most insiders because – Whenever, if you watch that video back, whenever he let off, he was like, "Is this what you want me to do?" I'm like, "No, no, no. I don't. I actually, I actually don't want you to do this. This puts a lot of pressure on me now because now I'm gonna have to deal with the proper crediting. You know, Pat McAfee show. Oh, yeah. Now I have to deal with the proper sourcing. Hey, who's not giving us credit? I have to act like I'm mad. I'm not. Who cares? It's Vinatieri. <laughs> but it's crazy in that insider world. I assume you ruffle some feathers on a daily basis. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a part of it, right? And sometimes people don't understand the behind the scenes of what actually occurs um, and how information is, is shared, emanated, and sometimes parties that you don't assume uh, give you information, but the outside public doesn't understand that. So it's just, at the end of the day, if you're doing your job, keeping your head down, treating people the right way, being honest, being trustworthy, that's to me, that's all that matters. I, I let the Twitter smoke be the Twitter smoke. I just I just stick to my work, but... Pat, yesterday was impressive, man. I, I just, I just had to say that. Thank you. It was a big news break. I mean, it was everywhere, and I think we all kind of assumed he was, you know. And I, oh, yeah. I actually got to talk to Vinatieri during the schedule release shoot for the Colts, and I was like, "Are you retired or what?" And he was like, "Yeah, what the fuck do I got to do? Like, what, <laughs> what do these people want me to do?" I was like, I, "To be honest, I just think you have to like say you're officially retired." He was like, "I guess I'll do it someday. I don't know." I was like, "Or you kick when you're fifty? That'd be cool." He was like, "Man, that would be cool." And, but you can come out of retirement and kick when you're fifty-two. He's true. like, "Man, true, true, true." <laughs> yeah. So it's like in the NFL, there's no formal way to go about doing it. I, I don't think there ever has been officially, but the media and fans like expect a formal way. But I don't think the NFL actually does. Like the NFL doesn't have like a full process of this whole thing but it's a hall of famer so i guess it is a big deal thank you for the compliment i mean i'm i'm the biggest insider in the game right now yeah no question no i'm a i'm a hall of fame insider you know what yeah. I mean? that is just what i got going on shams let's talk about some news that you broke and you said something pretty interesting there you said sometimes it's people you'd never assume giving us information uh you don't have to elaborate on that is that like owners just real quick you talking about like owners potentially giving you information it could be it could be anywhere pat i don't, I don't want to just single one out but listen it's it, let's just say I, I i try to have people everywhere in all corners 
That's crazy so. to me. Imagine like, and I don't know, imagine Jim Irsay texting like some of these insiders. Yeah, yeah. Brother, like we aren't. <laughs> that, would be, that would be amazing. Um, let's talk about some news you broke this morning. Due to a popcorn toss from a fan in Philadelphia, which by the way, I think that's maybe the least aggressive thing I've ever heard a Philadelphia fan do, okay? Like popcorn and that whole thing. But obviously, Russell Westbrook is a guy who gets targeted a lot by opponents' fans. It was after a loss. There was almost a fight. That guy's banned forever. How, how did they find out who it is? Because I saw everybody in the video pointing at the guy. A lot of snitches in Philadelphia, by the way, <laughs> as soon as I saw that. And how immediately does that happen? Does that happen soon afterwards? Do they call Russell Westbrook? What's the whole process behind this thing? So it, th there was an investigation right after the game that started, and, and the Sixers were able to find uh, the fan that, that threw the popcorn. The fan was ejected. And like you said, everyone in that neighborhood uh, of that audience, uh, you know, that, that section of the audience, they all pointed to, to, to the person that threw uh, the popcorn. I'm told it was a, a, a guy. And so once that is done, they have a formal investigation. The NBA is still going through their investigation the NBA's had moments where they've banned people for life, and, and I think there is a sense that that might be coming for this fan. But as of right, right now, he is banned from the Wells Fargo Center, uh, the, the Sixers home arena, indefinitely. His season ticket was revoked. So, I mean, the Sixers came down hard after their investigation. There's still an NBA investigation ongoing as well. Yeah, and I think some people, you know, they get a ticket into an arena and they automate in a stadium and they assume it as like uh, as a golden ticket to do whatever the hell they want. And Russell Westbrook alluded to that. If that guy saw me in the streets, he would never do that in a million years. I got to see it. People would say things to Robert Mathis. We'd be in a way. <laughs> people would be saying things to Robert Mathis. And I have literally turned around to people and been like, hey, you know, when you were out tailgating earlier, he was warming up trying to hurt people. Like, yeah. like I don't know why you think because you're saying seven yards away you can just say hey you're a bum or whatever but i like that in sports like i like the I, I don't know i guess there is a line like throwing popcorn on somebody is definitely in 2021 too far but i hope we don't you know take away the you know the intense environment like for instance what's going to happen to that dude that spit on trey young last night over 50 cent i mean that's on video trey young handled it and like uh hey 50 you cool with this yeah, or whatever yeah. and you see the spit it took me like 10 times watching to find this i still i still don't know who it is and i assume the knicks are going to use cameras and the arena to find out which fan threw it but like i, I saw the video like you said 10 12 15 times and then i finally saw you know that, that little particle spit out it reminded me a lot of when rajan rondo and chris paul got into it a couple years ago and you saw the spit come out of uh of rajan rondo's uh mouth in, in the video and you know twitter and, and social media universe found it but uh even that fan i'm sure there's an investigation going into that situation but you're right, Pat. Like I think we've seen fans are starting to get back in the arenas, and oh, yeah. the NBA audience is so intimate with the players. You see the courtside fans all wearing masks, all basically within feet of the players. And this is after a year of fully no fans, you know, no interactions among fans. So I think there is a little bit of, uh, a, a, you know, I think, I think the temperature levels are high right now among fans. Players as fans are congregating back into arenas. When you're looking at arenas like the Knicks, MSG last night had upwards of 15, 16,000 people at that game. Like, that's a lot of people awesome. to just go from, with a snap of a finger when a year ago we weren't even playing with fans. So I know in talking to players, it, there is an adjustment going on right now. I could imagine. Yeah, and also, by the way, with the benches used to be all spread out, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're going to have to get packed back in yeah. with the fans in there. It's going to be, you know, a full readjustment back into life, into society here. And for fans going to places, 
I, I can't harp this enough. I did this with the Padres, okay, Rocky situation. Mm, yeah. Like, hey, I understand you were in uh, the confines of your house for a long time. As we get back into public, you can catch a right hand right to the mouth, too. I mean, it's been happening in the in the arenas. It's been happening in the stands. It's been happening in, in all the sports. I can't even imagine what's going to happen when the NFL fans get oh, back in there after, geez. you know, the pent up in the house for 13 months, 14 months. Uh, but that New York Knicks environment, man, is awesome. I mean, Trey Young that what got really fucking quiet in here or whatever, like that whole thing. It is it, the NBA is better when the Knicks are good, right? I mean, that is just better for everybody. I'm watching Knicks games because of the fans' environments like that. But the Nets are about to win what four straight championships? Yep. Do the Knicks even matter at this point, Sean? <laughs> no, I mean we'll see. We'll see how how the Nets do. Like I'm really looking forward to this second round potential series. Nets Milwaukee. I really think if there's a team in the Eastern Conference that can beat the Nets, we saw late in the year the the, the Bucks really matched up well with with Brooklyn, and and they were able to play that their their guys Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. They have defenders for these guys. They have Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Drew Holiday now that can defend the big three, and I think that's something that just was Chomps. not there last year. Chomps, so, nobody can defend. Nobody can defend James Harden. Okay, the guy, nobody can defend him. Nobody can I, defend I, Kyrie. I agree, but if you're looking at three guys that can actually make it difficult for those three, I don't think there's three defenders in the league that can match up with those three guys. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. No, you're not. I, I don't watch enough basketball to say that, but <laughs> I am very much a, hey, if this team plays the best they can play, nobody can stop them. That's what the Nets are right now, right? And, and with the Knicks, it's interesting because the Nets couldn't sell out their arena, I guess, the Barclays Center. They had tickets up for sale. They couldn't sell it out. And with the Knicks, you're saying like 15,000 people, that environment. I assumed, and I was very wrong, and I've been told by a lot of people from New York City how wrong I was. I'm like, hey, you guys. You got a team in New York and Brooklyn over there. They're good. Like they're trying to win it all. You know, the Knicks were supposed to win twenty games this year. They <laughs> they get into they get into playoffs. They go crazy. That Knicks fan base. They're not just going to hop over the Nets, are they? they that would be that would be what I would do probably if I was there. But I guess they're not going to do that at all, huh? No, I think there's an investment here now, and I think Pat, you're only going to see it grow. I think you're only going to see the Knicks fandom grow in New York. You saw the arena last night. Like awesome. I, I was watching the game. I, I got a call from another teammate. Exactly. They're like COVID. What? Because those fans were packed really close. I don't know if they had, you know, vaccination cars they had to use to get in or what, but that arena, but again, it's, it's lively. That's the atmosphere that the NBA has wanted to get back to. I think we as a society have all wanted to get back to that. So I think the fandom in New York is only going to grow. And if they can somehow make this a series, somehow get, get by Atlanta in this first round, I think the desire for Knicks fans to want to even get better than this and go out and go get a star player around the league I think, you know, multiple star players, Zion. I think the urgency will only grow. Zion, get him out of New Orleans. You don't, you can't say that. I can say that. Or just bring everybody to New Orleans to help that guy get in the playoffs. He needs to at least be in the uh, in the play-in game. We are talking to Shams Sharania, senior lead NBA insider uh, at the Athletic and Stadium. Shams, let's talk about the West. Um, LeBron James... And Anthony Davis, game one, seemed disinterested. He remembered it was playoffs. They tried hard. They're not going to lose again to Phoenix. It looks what are, what's going on with the Clippers? Looks like they're dead. Are they going to have to blow that whole thing up? Just what, one year after building that whole thing up from the ground and stealing Kawhi from Canada? I mean, what's going on in the West? And are you expecting the Lakers to continue to dominate? I think the Lakers are in a great spot now. And I just, if Chris Paul doesn't turn the corner with this shoulder injury, which I'm told is 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 increasingly bothering him after he suffered the injury over the weekend. 
I, I mean, I just don't see how Phoenix has a has a real. Did he hurt? Uh, did he hurt his shoulder trying to break LeBron's arm? <laughs> I don't think that's where he hurt it, but he hurt it before. I don't know if that aggravated it or what. No, but okay, yeah. W- when he hurt it, <laughs> it looked yeah. bad, and then he comes back into the game and and he's played through it. You got to give him credit. He's competing, uh, but if he can't play like the Chris Paul we saw in the regular season, the Chris Paul that I voted in my top five in MVP voting. As, as a voter, oh. I just don't see okay. how this team vote. is going to have oh, you gotta vote in this series. So hey, that part of it makes it tough. So I do think the Lakers should be in good position here. As far as the Clippers, I still feel like they have a legitimate chance in this series. They'll play two in Dallas. I mean, I don't see why they can't win both of those games or at least take one of those games and make it a series going back to L.A. But there's no question, this is not where this team was supposed to be. I don't know how much you can blame Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, both of those guys are playing at a high level. Kawhi Leonard just put up a 40-piece. Paul George even played well the other night. Uh, and they still lost in game two. The supporting cast just is not there. So I think Steve Ballmer, you saw he's, he's, he's not one for patience. And so cool. if this team doesn't turn the corner, what do they do? Who do they point the, the finger at? And you have to look at, at the supporting cast, I think. Uh, you just said something there interesting, kind of a shot at Paul George. Paul George even played good. Has he not played good? He was the guy here in Indiana. Hey, he was the guy here in Indiana. Then he goes to Oklahoma City. That whole thing happens now. He's at L.A. with Kawhi. Is he? What is What is the narrative about Paul George? I love Paul George. I, I said that because I think, you know, you go on social media, everyone likes to pile on Paul George. But I think you, when you look back, you look at the numbers, you look at him play, and he's played at a high level all season. And even so far in these playoffs, I mean, game two, he was Shout probably out, one of the top three, you know, underneath Luka and, and Kawhi. He was right there. He did his job. But, you know, are those two guys doing enough around making teammates better? I think those are all going to be questions that this Clippers team is going to have to deal with. But that's why you went out and got a guy like Rajon Rondo to make players better and, and play make and pass. And uh, maybe they have to go to him more for 30, 35 minutes a night. I think, you know which rotations they go with will be very curious. Yeah, get Rondo. And just like Derrick Rose, 32 years of age or whatever, mm-hmm. playing last night. And, uh, 39 minutes. His interview, by the way, afterwards, was uh, I've always been a big D-Rose fan. Like I always felt like he got uh, unlucky with either injuries or whatever happened. And he always seemed to keep to himself. Like It was always very quiet. Then some allegations came out, and it was just like he stayed quiet then, too. He was like, no, nah, no, nah, this ain't the case. And everybody kind of went to bat for him. And I think – any player that has everybody else go to bat for them, like I'm immediately going to be like, oh, I like that guy. And I remember Derrick Rose just being such a nasty player back in the day. And then when he went to Chicago, kind of disappeared a little bit, probably because, you know, the Bulls are just a. Oh, yeah. Aside from uh, oh, yeah. Benny the Bull or whatever. Right. Really <laughs> isn't much to <laughs> talk about up what? there. But he's back. Derrick Rose is all the way back. I, I loved watching that. Um, I think the NBA's got some good storylines. Hopefully it'll continue to grow here as playoffs go. The big one that I would like to ask you here before I think Connor has a question. Um, Adam Silver, just no spine with LeBron yeah. James. Yeah. This guy is out there. Don't smile. Hey. <laughs> Don't smile. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just letting you finish. <laughs> yeah, don't smile, Sean. Hey, you don't need to burn any bridges, okay? I got no bridges to walk through in this particular one. But Adam Silver, if that was any other player, you know, dancing around with Mr. Loverboy himself, Drake, slinging tequila, no mask, laughing, having the time of their life, if that was any other player. Now, 
any other player isn't LeBron James and any other player isn't what the entire league has basically been built upon after the last 15 years. Now, any other player is also not just like going to go down as the greatest of all time. Now, obviously, there'll be conversation about Michael Jordan, yeah. but is Adam Silver maybe uh, has he had to come out and talk about his decision to not fine or punish LeBron James? And did that message say, uh, if you end up being LeBron James for us, we'll treat you the same way? Is that how that was handled, or is it all kind of understood? I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm laughing because yeah, you're, yeah. you're funny. Pat. Yeah, yeah, Sean, go ahead. <laughs> the NBA spokesman, I, I, I did speak to the NBA spokesman, Mike Bass, and he, you know, the message that I was delivered was that each case is handled differently. And I've seen it just reporting every single case. Not each one is like the other, right? So in LeBron's case, he was at an event outside, outdoors, where people were either vaccinated or registered a negative test prior to entry. And it's a difference between what Christos Porzingis was, you know, when he got fined $50,000. Christos Porzingis was at a, a, a nightclub, a strip club, uh, no masks. Oh, whoa, um, whoa. And, and there was no vaccine, you know, Christos Porzingis is vaccinated, I'm told, but there was no vaccination mandate. No, no test mandate upon arrival for obviously other guests in that vicinity. So that's where the clear distinction was. Now, Chris Alves he didn't have to do a quarantine. So in some ways, he is lucky. It is a slap in the wrist with the $50,000. But we saw Pat in the bubble. Lou Williams went to a strip club, a nightclub. Lemon pepper! For Come some on. wings. Uh. For some, for, you know, lemon pepper wings uh, on, a, on a normal day off when he went back home to Atlanta. And he was popped for 10 days of quarantine. And so... There's a major difference, I think. You know, now we're outside the bubble. People are vaccinated. People are being able to get tested. So there is a difference. I think in this situation, LeBron was in an environment where it was one outdoors, two either everyone was vaccinated or three tested. And I think that's where the difference was between just going into a club maskless uh, in an environment where again you don't know. And he's LeBron James. Yeah. So you said each each situation is uh, handled differently. So situations are situational. Be who you can afford to be. Mm-hmm. He's LeBron James. So anybody that thought he mm-hmm. was going to get suspended for the playoffs, uh, you live in a world that I, I enjoy. I think it's probably a pretty cool place that you live, but it's not reality. All right, that's no. just how this whole thing nope. goes. I've had those lemon pepper wings. I'm sure you have as well, Shams. You don't want to say that publicly. They are so good <laughs> down there. What do you have, Connor? Yeah, Shams, I saw you uh, tweet about two like top five recruits in high school that are joining the Overtime League, and then obviously now the G League can uh, play pay uh, recruits. Uh, is college basketball completely dead because this is what the top recruits are going to be doing now? I don't know if it's completely dead, but I do think that, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I just got a text, a text I want to read. Whoa. I do think that college basketball in a place where I think players do want to go there. Um, you saw Jalen Green. I think he made some notable comments after his season at G League. He said that, you know, Cheers. when you look at some of these college players Cheers. like Cade Cunningham, get the hype that they're getting. That's because of their, their college environment, and they're being they're playing these games nationally televised, playing against competition that other people around the country know. Yeah. So I, I I think I don't think it's dead. I think it's just an alternative route that these players can go if they want to get paid immediately. Shams, you and I both we're living in the future. Okay, it's dead. That that that, that league will become <laughs> notable. It'll become a big deal. These juniors, these days, stop laughing. These twins, they're probably gonna make a million bucks. Come on, these guys are probably. They gonna are. Make- they. Are, I, I can't confirm. Their salaries are over a million dollars. Scoot Henderson, <laughs> Holy player with sixteen the years old, seventeen. Yeah, reported a million dollar contract. So you got uh, three players getting millions of dollars now. Uh, you know, just off of quit. You know, basically doing deals. It professionally not finish, you know, not going to college. 
Uh, so between them, yeah, I think that's three million. They just signed two more twins. Uh, th- those players got lucrative contracts as well. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's not dead. Yeah. You're no, right. hey, no. You know what? People are going to want to see you know Kyle Parry and Coach K go at it. Yeah, right. yeah people are going to want to yeah, see that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean the players. I mean they're going to stare down that million bucks and potential shoe offers on top of that. By uh-huh. the way, and they're going to go. No, no, no. I won't go play at North Carolina. Hell like yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. You and I both know it, but I do respect the fact that you respect basketball and tradition. Shams, you're the absolute best man. We can't thank you enough for stopping by every single time appreciate you guys thank you Have what, a good was, one. what was the text oh what was the text we'll talk about it soon i'll send it to you <laughs> my gosh okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. i wonder what it's going to be hey college basketball is dead yeah. hey so dead listen it's like florida okay heaven's waiting room mm-hmm. that's what college basketball is right now that's yeah. right and I, I will still watch by the way i will still watch yeah, march oh, madness madness awesome. you kidding me? awesome but I also will potentially turn over to the 16 and 17 year olds dunking from the foul line, getting oh, paid yeah. one million bucks before shoe deals to watch that as well. That'll probably be a weekend. It'll probably be like March Madness, like AAU, oh, yeah. like tournaments. DJ. Oh, oh no holding. I hope they <laughs> yeah. got an and one guy on there. Joining us now, uh, another heartbreaking thing that happened last night. Hockey season ended. Uh, joining us is one of the greatest hockey minds in the history of talking about hockey. A world ball hockey champion hockey coach on WXDX in Pittsburgh from 3 to 6 every single day. Tested IQ of 166, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Mad. Yeah! What's going on, Double M? Pat, if the raccoon can wear goalie pads, tell the fucker he can move in with me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's get to it. You're referring to the situation that occurred with Tristan Jari forgetting how to play hockey here. He started out the season rough. He got hot. Number one seed, he was playing good. He has his moments, and then all of a sudden, he just blows it for the entire city, the entire organization. How does that happen, and what happens next, Mark? Well, Pat, you're putting it a bit strongly, but also incredibly accurately. Uh, I don't dismiss the other Penguins soiling the bed as well because – This is, after all, three straight first-round playoff exits. But if Jari even plays average, the Penguins have won this series already. It would not have even gone to seven games. They would have won it in five or six. I consider him primarily responsible for losing three of the four games the Penguins dropped to the Islanders. So it was just a stink sandwich for the Penguins in general. But there's no doubt Tristan Jari took the biggest bite. Where does it go from here uh, for him? I would guess out of town, another job, employment, maybe the job he can do a bit better. But if he plays goal again, it won't be in Pittsburgh. At least I don't think it should be. The fans will never forgive him, and the players can never trust him again. It's like Neil O'Donnell when he threw the interceptions that lost Super Bowl thirty back in 1996 for the Steelers. I thought Neil was a real good quarterback. That was just a bad game, but he couldn't play quarterback in Pittsburgh anymore. That's how it is for Tristan Jari and the Penguins. I I think it's tough to predict how this organization is going to react because you have a GM in Ron Hextall and a president of hockey ops in Brian Burke who have been on the job for a very short time. And with the pandemic and and no contact outside of the prearranged press stuff, it's tough to get a bead on what they're thinking. What are they supposed to do? Pat explained to me earlier how Sydney got cross-checked in the back, and he, he, Pat even tweeted that, hey, they're two of their 
two of their best players, the toughest guys. Are they like what are they going to do to try to help Sid? And what can they do? Well, Burke and Hextall, AJ, believe that bigger is better, and the league is trending toward heavier. It happened in 18 when the uh, Capitals won the Stanley Cup, and again in 19 when the Blues won. And whenever you know one sort of team wins, there's a run on the league moving in that direction. So I think the team will get bigger and heavier. But how the coach will react to that, Mike Sullivan, because Mike Sullivan said after the game last night that the Penguins' relative lack of size had nothing to do with them losing. And uh, I I don't know what moves they'll make with Sullivan. I don't know what moves they'll make with the three core players, Crosby, Malkin, and Letang. I had thought that if they went out in the first round that either Letang or Malkin or possibly both would exit. But now I've been told that's likely not going to happen and I've been told the chances of Sullivan coming back are about 50-50. Okay, I just assumed they would blow it up, right? New uh, Hextall and everything, new new leadership, basically. New decisions being made. Sully's been around a long time. Thanks for the success. Uh, you, obviously, you don't move on from Gino and Sid. I don't know what their contract situations are. And I think Gensel has proved himself as a player. And there's others. Uh, Latang's been around a long time. Who knows how that goes? I assume they're just going to try to rebuild this thing. I'm wrong in thinking that? Yeah, uh, not because it's not the right thing, though. I wish you were the GM. Uh, The Penguins' two peak periods have been preceded by blowing it up. That's their formula. But I just don't think they're going to. I think part of it is they lost a lot of revenue during the pandemic, and I think they figure they need those guys, the intact core, to sell tickets. I mean, Sid's not going anywhere unless he asks out. And uh, with Gino and Latang, they have one year left on their deal. Sid signed, like, through forever. But, but Malkin and Latang have one year left on their deal, so I think if there's any drastic changes to be made, they will put that off for a year and just let them walk. Because really, you're not going to trade them for much, Pat. Uh, you're basically clearing cap space when you get rid of those guys because once, both Latang and Malkin are 34 and Sid is 33. So I think they'll put that off. I, I think the guy that's going to get traded, and this is based on nothing I've been told, but I think Gensel's likely to be traded because oh my God. he's 26 and he's affordable and he's very good, but he's small. He got physically overwhelmed in this series. It reminds me of 2014 when the Penguins traded James Neal for Patrick Hornquist. They traded a guy who could skate with skill for a good hockey player who was much more physical and more committed in front of the net, more effective in front of the net, more accurately. So that's the kind of uh, deal I think they'll make is their off-season signature. And like I said, it's 50-50 whether Sullivan comes back. I think if you bring the core back and Sullivan, the team won't change at all. Uh, they won't do things any different at all. So Sullivan may wind up out, although, again, I don't have a true feel for that. If they are going to do that, though, they got to do it soon. Because there's a lot of coaching vacancies out there. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of good coaches out there. Yeah. And if you wait too long, back uh, when they fired uh, Dan Bosma, they waited too long and had to settle for that junior A jabroni, Mike Johnston. Yeah, I remember And he days. didn't even last uh, two years. If they would have made the decision right away, they might have got Peter Laviolette. He was available back then. So uh, I would personally, and I'm not a Sullivan basher. He's done a great job here. But Agreed. in sports, coaches hit an expiration date. I would like to see them get Rick Tockett back as the head coach. He's available because he understands how to marry skill and big. 
as good as any hockey mind I've ever known. Okay, so that saves the Penguins. Last question about hockey before we get into your thoughts on the world and everything like that. If Sidney Crosby, you said unless he asks out, Sidney Crosby is never going to be asked to leave the Penguins, right? He is Pittsburgh. He is the Penguins. And if he did, how would that be perceived, you think? Because we have seen this in other sports. The NBA, it's happened. and the NFL, it's happened. The NHL has always had a very different culture. And I'm not saying Sidney's going to do this or not. But if Sidney Crosby, the greatest hockey player of all time, was to say, get me the hell out of here, how do you think that would be perceived? And what do you think would happen after that? Well, first off, he's the greatest 200-foot player of all time. He's about number four or five in the overall rankings. He's great. He's done a lot for the team and for the town. Whatever makes Sid happy, I would have no problem with him doing. I do not think he'll ask God. I think he sees himself in the vein of Steve Eiserman, who was his boyhood idol, and Mario Lemieux, which is one guy, one team. And i got to be honest, Pat, I look at guys like, you know, Wayne Gretzky, who ditched Edmonton for his Hollywood wife in L.A., <laughs> And Ray Bork, who went to Denver like a dime store hooker to get a Stanley Cup he didn't deserve. I think guys like that tarnish their legacies. So uh, I would be disappointed for Sid if he wanted out, but not in Sid. Again, he should do whatever he wants. He's certainly earned that. Mark, okay, let's let's transition over to the Steelers. How, like, what's the feel like in Pittsburgh? Are people excited? Are they are they thinking, hey, this team we're going to send Ben out? Uh, on his high horse, he's going to win the Super Bowl and ride off into the sunset? He's slinging it, Mark. Well, never mind what I think, AJ. (laughs) Never mind what Pittsburgh thinks, rather. Who cares? Let's talk about what I think. I am going to Vegas in July, Pat. And you're a gambling man, am I right? Yeah, yeah. I am betting big, like 5K on under nine wins. (laughs) Okay. Okay, and I'm going to videotape it for my radio show and for my blog because I think that's what's best for business. And – I think the Steelers, AJ, are a borderline playoff team, and there is a lot of optimism locally to answer your question because there, there basically always is. I think they're like a 9-8, and 8-9 eight, eight and nine team. It's a tough schedule and a tough division, and I hope what I'm about to predict doesn't happen, but I think Ben's going to get hurt. That's oh, a bad offensive oh, no. line. Oh. He's a 39-year-old quarterback who doesn't have the mobility anymore. Oh. I just don't think that O-line can protect him. So for the purposes of gambling, that's what I'm predicting and, and betting. And obviously, if I can benefit off anybody's misery, I'm willing to do that. But uh, I hope he doesn't get hurt. If he doesn't, I think they're a 9-8 and eight team outside 10-7. and seven. But uh, that offensive line and the holes on defense, I, I just don't see it. And I think Cleveland and Baltimore are pretty good teams right now. Uh, Cleveland could get better, by the way, if they bring in Julio or something like that. The the Dwayne Haskins thing, I completely forgot about that. I saw some footage of him at OTAs. Dwayne Haskins, very similar to Roethlisberger. Roth, now, that is a shot at Roethlisberger's overall resume and success that he's had in the NFL, sustained success. I mean, that, I'm not saying he, but you see, there's a lot of similarities. Big arm, big body. Can extend plays. Now, not going to be electrifying running. Is Dwayne Haskins the answer, or do you think that that's something that they'll have to address here before the season still? I think, well, no. I mean, the, the backup quarterbacks are Rudolph and Haskins. There's no doubt about that. I think there's a great deal of potential with Dwayne Haskins. I think so, too. I think the Washington football team gave up on him too early. One thing that uh, I know the Steelers are very happy about is he showed up for OTAs in great shape. Everybody is commenting upon that. So yeah, is he, he the he answer? The I don't know. I think, you know. I think, Pat, the opportunity might be there because once Ben retires, I think the long-term successor is somebody they have yet to draft. 
But there will be a transition year or two where a guy like Rudolph or Haskins will get that opportunity. And, you know, if it's Haskins, it's up to him to make the most of it. Now, I don't think your guys, Juju and Claypool, were at OTAs. What? Where were they? Do you know? I, I know you like them. Oh, they're working on their speed right now. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. at a speed camp. They'll be over. They'll be over in a couple of days. I heard they're at TikTok camp. Well, that's probably, by the way, very valuable camp to go to. Yeah. I assume you learn new dances. You Ooh. learn new edits. And by the time the season comes, maybe they won't have to dance on logos because the TikTok camp taught them some other things. You know what I mean? This could be good long-term, Mark. Hey, maybe they'll have great seasons. I don't know. You know, and people think I hate the Steelers. I just don't like what they've become. When I grew up, Pat, I revered the Steelers because they were the team that didn't act like this, that never acted like this. That's my problem. But I hope they do good because it's best for business. I'm a big fan of Big Ben, always have been, my former neighbor. But uh, I want to see how much the offense, the Matt Canada offense, the new offensive coordinator, I want to see how much it really changes with Ben at court, uh, changes the way they do things with Ben at quarterback. I mean, the Matt Canada offense is predicated on lining up under center with a lot of play action, a lot of deception. Ben barely lined up under center at all last year. Is he willing to do that? Will he be in danger if he does? A lot of questions to be answered, but I'll tell you one thing I'm convinced about. Najee Harris, over 1,500 yards total offense this year. Write that down. Yeah, he's an absolute wow. stud. I, I like that you like his personality, by the way, because I enjoyed talking to him a lot when he came on the show. He's a terrible towel twirler, but he's usually in the game, not at the game. He'll learn that out, uh, that whole thing. You know, do you feel... Like potential old man yelling on front yard whenever you say stuff like that? It, it, or is that something you will ever adjust to? Like, I, hey, we, AJ and I have talked about this a lot. I saw the locker room change when I was in the NFL towards the end of it. It was much different than what it was at the beginning. It's just a whole different, but it's a whole different world now with everything. Do you see yourself ever like coming around? Or are you at this point like, listen, this, this ain't how you do it? Because tried and true is the way that you have known for what? Long time at this point. Any change- 25 glorious years, Pat. And, okay. and I don't think I'll ever change. No, because uh, put it this way. You know how they could change me? Win. You dance on the logo, win. You're on TikTok every five minutes, win. That's all you got to do is win. They don't win. They have three playoff wins in 10 years. And that's not the Steelers. So I hope they do win. That's the only way. The absolutely only way to change my mind. But uh, I'm a lot closer to the end than even to the middle. So whatever they want to do is fine by me. I'm just going to, you know, call it like I see it. And if, you know, uh, for one thing, and, and Pat, how long have you done radio now? What You're, you're nearing what, two years? Three, I think three at this point. Yeah, two three years. Three, uh... Have you developed a contempt for the audience yet? Like hating them? Yes. I don't think so. I mean, there's some callers I hate. And there's some people. You will. I will. I'll hate him. Oh, you absolutely 100% will. Really? I didn't know that. I no. thought we were going to have a good little time. We are going to have a good run. We're in this thing together. That's not how... Oh, no, no, no. The financial rewards and the notoriety <laughs> and the fame, they far outweigh the contempt for the audience. But the contempt for the audience will definitely grow. Trust me. Pat, you're a lot like me, and I mean that in the best way. You will grow to hate and hate and hate some more. The athletes, the audience, everything about this, because you'll get tired of it. You're too smart. If you were dumb, you wouldn't get tired of it. You're too smart. <laughs> well, it's interesting because there has been plenty of day here for the first time ever where we walk in and I go, oh, we got to talk about fucking bullshit again. And it is, it is to the point where it's that, like... That's well put. I, I can't say that on my show, but, but you're right on the money. For example, 
Now that the Penguins are done, what the frig do I talk about? The po- hey, did you see the Pirates? Did you see what the... Sell the team, Nutting. You hear me? Sell the team. Did you see what happened today? Two outs. Third inning. Guy hits a basic routine ground ball. There's a miss throw. What's that? His name's Javi. Ha- Whatever. Misses. And there's a ground ball. A throw is missed. Then all of a sudden there's a rundown. Man on third comes in. Scores. Forgets that this guy's still in the play. He gets all the way to second. The Pirates Hell yeah. are a laughing stuff. I don't know how many days you get out of that, but that is what you can at least go for. Well, for the you next- see, but this shows how the Pirates have always done me dirty, Pat. Because they did it the day after the Penguins lost. Yes. Why couldn't they have waited a week when I needed material? Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is selfish of the Pirates. This is unbelievable. Oh, like, oh, like always, what, the, the guy's name's Will Craig, right? The first baseman? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I heard Tristan Jari sent him a thank you note. All right. Oh. All right, all right. Well, I don't know if anybody's going to get over Tristan Jari. I'm not sure that what happened in the playoffs to the Penguins will ever ever be able to be in conversation with the stupid Pirates making a stupid Pirates move in the middle of a stupid Pirates game that makes you think that the stupid Pirates somehow have gotten stupider. It is just, why don't they sell the team, Mark? Have you, you I feel like you and I probably on the same thing. Is it just because of the money? Why, 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 like for instance, in the NFL, McCaskey family, McClaskey, McCaskey? McCaskey family, they're potentially going to sell the Bears here in the very near future, they're saying. Uh, allegedly now, depending upon who you listen to, the Chargers, uh, they're in financial problem. Allegedly, the Spanos family, we don't know what's true and what's not true. They're going to sell the team. Getting these teams is a very, very, very hard thing to do. A hot commodity. Jay-Z's trying to get in on a professional team. A-Rod just bought a team. How can this guy still have the team? How have they not been forced out of the... Pittsburgh would be a great baseball city if they were... How have they not been forced out, Mark? How do you force them, Pat? Got to bully them, I guess. I I mean, you, you force them by not showing up, but enough people still show up. And baseball with the revenue sharing and the TV money... And the luxury tax, uh, it's a cash cow. And Nutting does spend money. He just spends it to pay down the team's debt because he wants to make the team as valuable as possible, not to sell it, but to leave it to his kids. He's a hillbilly thief. He's trying to smuggle Pittsburgh to West Virginia, you know, one corn cob at a time. And they never should have trusted him in the first place. They never should have built him a stadium. There should have been certain guarantees before we, the taxpayer, and I pay a lot of taxes, Pat. I'm not, I'm not like Indianapolis rich, but I'm Pittsburgh rich, and I pay a lot of taxes, and I deserve better as a taxpayer. You do. Connor, what do you have? <laughs> yeah, Mark, uh, how do you feel about Tim Tebow, and do you think that that's going to work in Jacksonville? What's your problem? <laughs> uh you know what? I, I don't think it's a big deal who the last guy on the roster is. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. That's the way you were going to go there. I'm pretty happy that's He out. can sell merch. Maybe he sells tickets. I, I don't see it as a bad move at all. Yes. Yeah, Mark. Go ahead. Yeah, Mark. I was. Uh, I wanted to know what your thought about uh, Pittsburgh, uh, the Pirates, was as well. But uh, do you think is there any way? I mean, in in your list of guys right now in Pittsburgh sports, who do you think the biggest stooge and the biggest sellout is? Well, mostly the Pittsburgh media because they're cheerleading frauds. <laughs> oh, okay. But uh, but you know, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, among the athletes. Yeah, the athletes. You see, if I say who I think it is. Or maybe even the owners or the coaches. Oh, well, it's Bob Nutting. <laughs> okay. All right. Biggest dudes, biggest sellout, Bob yeah, that, Nutting. That's, that's easy. And what about I mean, athlete, though? What about athlete? You really want me to say? No, go ahead, Nick. You got a question? <laughs> I do. I do, Mark. TJ Watt. Oh. Whoa! 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 
disappears in big games, invisible in his two playoff games. All right. Okay. Oh. This is Mark. What's hey, I gave you every chance to get out of it. I did. I did. AJ just decided hey, to bring you right into the toxic pool there. Why don't you give me a heads up, Pat? I, you think I knew what his answer was? I, I, I did. I said, Nick, you're up. Yeah. You, you do the, by, by the way, Pat, you said you saw the locker room change, and, and I believe that during your tenure in the NFL. Let me tell you uh, a quote from my show that was one of the – it's one of the best things ever said on my radio program. It was by a man I'm honored to know, and he I was the only guy he did live radio with, and he sent me an autographed jersey upon completion of his career, and I think so highly of him, so highly of him, and that's number 43, Hall of Famer Troy Pulamala. Mm, yeah. And when he did his exit interview with me upon uh, retiring from the Steelers, I said, Troy, what's the difference between now – and when you broke into the league. And he said, Mark, when I started in the NFL, I looked around the locker room and I saw men. Now all I see are little boys. Troy Polamalu said that? Yep. Damn. That's why he saw me jogging on the field and was like, I'm going to ruin this child's life. (laughs) (laughs) The other great quote was Mario Lemieux, who once said on my show, if you remember 1989, he had 199 points. Nobody remembers this. Nobody. What do you mean? Nobody remembers what you're about to say right now. I mean, oh, I guarantee, I guarantee Moraldo does. Well, um, he does, but this is a show. You know, I mean, we don't have the contempt for the audience yet. You know, we if you're going to explain, like, what this whole thing is behind me, you can't, you can't act well, like... Well, in the time you've wasted chastising me, I could have explained it. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right, AJ, thank you so much. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. 1989? Okay, I'll do it fast. 1989, Mario Lemieux, 199 points. Didn't get the MVP, had like 60 more points than Gretzky. They gave it to him anyway because he went to L.A. And Mario, when he retired the first time, referencing that obliquely said, I learned to judge myself on Stanley Cups and scoring titles because nobody votes on those. Hey, if we could vote, we'd say you're the best, dude. You you see, but now this ends on a bad note because – you don't have contempt for the audience. You have contempt for the story I just told. You. No, <laughs> no. I do know that I have a hard out there that I have to get to, and that I'm getting yelled oh, at about. Oh, please! If you were a real radio star, you would ignore the hard out. Yep, I agree. <laughs> did you I did you next to me with T.J. Watt? For, for the record, by the way, I do not ignore the hard out. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the money comes. Uh, which, by the way, every time you speak, it is absolutely that, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Madden. Thank yeah, you. Very much. Joining us now is a man that I'll never get tired of because, boy, his brain is almost as big as his jawline. Yeah, Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, college football national champion and Super Bowl champion, A.J. Hawk. What up, A.J.? Oh, how you doing? I'm, I'm having a great day, Pat. Are you doing great? We had a moment of silence. We're past it. Don't ask. I got to think what it was for. You know. Oh, your oh your squad, man! I all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. One of my kids, one of my kids says, "Oh yeah, the Penguins are down five three. And last I saw, it was three to three, or they were up three to two, I think. Last mm-hmm. I checked, and so when they were down five three, I instantly thought of you. I was like, oh. Someone's on suicide watch. Well, and also when we're down five three, I mean not that close, but I, not that heartbreaking. But I mean definitely sad. The um. We also take a, a double minor penalty. So we go down 5-3, and then we have to play down a man for the rest of the game, basically, Ooh. for four minutes. What, if, what was the penalty for again? I saw the end of it. So it's a high stick, and if there's blood, 
So if there's high stake in his blood, it's a double or whatever. And that's a killer right there. That, when that happened, I was like, oh, so they lost. I saw it was a four-minute penalty. Yeah, and there was four minutes and like 30 seconds left in the game or 450 or something like that. So, yeah, it was it was tough, you know. And then for the last 50 seconds, we pull the goalie, and it's like, well, at this point, we need two, and they're dancing with the puck all yeah. over. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was over long before that, though. Sidney Crosby took a cross-check to the back in front of the net because nobody else will go in front of the net, okay? Our, our best player will do it, I mean, I guess. He, he's supposed to be like in the point almost or in the corner. Corner, like making plays happen but since nobody else will do it fuck it i'll do it okay and i'll go in there and i'll get bodied and beat up and nobody will nobody will protect me okay like wayne gretzky got protected and everybody else you've ever heard of in the hockey mount rushmore they had goons around them protecting them people couldn't even come within six feet of them Sidney crosby's just been getting his ass beat because the team is small it's a bunch of pests not as tough he's in front of the net though third period he gets his cross checked and his body just goes completely lifeless and his face is sideways on the ice and there isn't even a fight there isn't even a fight. Come on. And at that moment, I was like, we're dead. Blow it up. See you later. Mm-hmm. Can't have it. And I'm bummed about it because hockey season was fun, but it is over now. Uh, there also might be a winning season that's over. And is that for the Hammered Down Boys? Uh, they oh, have joined no. us in here, AJ. Four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. YouTube.com forward slash Hammered Don. That's D-A-H-N. Two guys and Mitt as executive producer take on the daily sports book. Uh, whatever FanDuel has on there, they can pick from. And they are normally hot as hell, AJ. We're talking like five and oh four and one three and two is bad days for these guys on hammered down live every day four o'clock eastern standard time but last night i guess you guys you didn't win one fucking thing last night uh, what happened oh, boys i would normally yeah. feel attacked but i will give you a break because your pens lost last night okay all right i'm not attacking you i'm not attacking you i okay. did have two draws and two losses it was not a good night do you have a win? In no. In my defense. <laughs> in my defense, before I gave out the picks, I said I fucking hate every single one of these. Oh, okay. So you guys kind of felt it going into the game. Too many big favorites. I didn't say Fair. that. It was a big day for things going up in flames yesterday, Pat. It was a tough day. Couldn't hit a fucking bat. It's just how it goes sometimes, pal. I'll tell you what, that winning record was something yeah. that you guys were. Right alongside of, okay? Mm -hmm. Holding hands almost with that winning record, okay? It was unbelievable. None of us believed it was possible. (laughs) And none of us believed what you guys were doing was possible. Winner after winner after winner after winner in a business and a, a, a thing that literally nobody does. Nobody in the history of anything has consistently won, except for one guy, and he got thrown in jail because they thought he was uh, insider trading somehow, okay? So this is, it was unbelievable. And then... You know, that relationship with the winning streak just ended quickly, didn't it? Kind of turned on you guys. It did. Last night gave you no wins. Everything went up in flames. And it was almost dancing on your grave publicly because everybody knows your record. So they post that thing. They say, hey, these guys are absolutely burning down. Just kind of rubbing in your faces. But you know what's going to happen? That winning record that was once what you thought it was, it is not at all. It wasn't a real, it was a fugazi. Mm-hmm. Now you hit your low, you're going about to climb back stronger than ever with a winning record that is 10 times, maybe 50 times better than that previous winning record that got burnt to flames. This next one you guys are about to go on is about to be unbelievable. Let's go. Let's go. Rise like hey, a phoenix Pat. from the ashes. Bingo. I'm sorry. Hey, Dig, so I, I just wonder, though, do you put them on like a plan? I know if you're a... 
if you're a salesperson in a company and you don't hit your numbers, you get put on a plan, which means you'll be fired soon if you don't hit your numbers. So if they don't start turning this thing around, AJ, do a uh, billion the real world, get in the old batter's box and get ready to take over. Oh, geez. Listen, okay. I am not going to fire these guys if they lose. <laughs> yeah. All right? No, just rotate them. They got to rotate out to different jobs. Oh, so you think like, hey, the hammered Don show hosts. Like those are being. That means like, hey, I better do my. I better. I. It is a very, very intense oh. situation where if I lose, like I'm out of here. I got to rotate out and do someone else's gig. Yeah, because we can only have whoever is hot on Hammer Don. Is that what you're saying? Is this should be like the office heat check? Like, oh, hey, huh. who's the hottest? Okay, get off the show. Focus fully on gambling. You're now on Hammer Don every day. Is that what you're thinking we should do? Maybe I, I was more just thinking of, hey, you, you got to hit your numbers or you're out of there. What's your hey, deal, that's AJ? That's a pretty good idea. What's your deal, AJ? I'm trying to help the show. That's Are you? It doesn't sound <laughs> like it. AJ, yes, because, I was 3-0 hey. and oh in uh, basketball last night. Oh! 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 Baby, Mitt. Let's let Mitt host the show today. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, can't have that. <laughs> we will have to have it. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know, Mitt. Please. Thank you. Way to go, Mitt. Some people were saying Foxy is one of the hottest betters. Yeah, in the office, you know, no, he was too afraid three to make a bet. Three and zero, my last, last couple picks, and probably last three months, I'm undefeated, 100 percent hottest gambler on the show. But not a lot of people know that. Well, the interesting thing there is AJ's thinking you should maybe be the host of Hammer Down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we will have to take that to the drawing board. I don't know if Foxy can. He's got to. He's got to hit the floor. He also took the Pens to win the series and killed no, them. So. No, yeah. no, oh, that's right. Oh, oh, swear it all. He also said Pens, you know, minus one and a half. Right. No, I did not go check the tape. Yeah, right, I will check the tape. Let's will. move along. Um, <laughs> Foxy people did say that you killed the Steelers and then you killed the Penguins. I don't know why people blame me for the Pens. I literally picked them that one game, Shut and up, guess dude. what? They <laughs> won up. that fucking game. And Ooh. then when I didn't pick them, they stunk. Yeah, but when you, when did you you made that selection about four forty five? Game was at what time? The Penguins hadn't heard, and your thing hadn't Great. made its way in there yet. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? As soon as it made its way over there, guess what happened? Goalies forgets how to play goalie. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's tough. Uh, let's move along. Julio Jones going to be traded, dude. This is going to happen, for real. And they're saying it's a second or a third round, AJ. Your thoughts on that? Like, hey, why are we not sending four third rounders? Hey, you can take every third rounder this franchise has for the next five years, okay? We do not give a damn. Here you go. A little bit dramatic. I get it. But we have no idea if that third rounder is going to make the team. We have no clue. You know you're getting Julio. What, what, is this real? And how? what are your thoughts on this, AJ? I don't know if this is real, but didn't you? I, I don't know if this is old or debunked, but Diana Rossini said they have a, uh, an offer for a first out there, right? No, it was a future first, and they're discussing the several offers, including one. And we had this discussion in the office, actually. The way it was worded from Rossini, okay, I, you could read it from the standpoint of they have an offer on the table for a future first. Okay, the Atlanta Falcons have discussed several trade offers for Julio Jones, including an offer for a future first round draft pick per sources. Now, are they are they discussing hypothetical trade offers where this is something that is, uh, you know what I mean? Like, is this an actual offer that came? There's a sense around the league a trade could come down as early as next week. That's that June one date that we all knew was potentially going to happen. You know, like you could say. This is a definite offer, but I went in with the mindset of like, are they discussing hypoth? Like, what would we take? What we wouldn't take? You know what I mean? And I might be misreading that completely, and I can understand that. But if you got a future first at this point with Darlington saying it's maybe a second or a third, isn't that something?
something you would want if you're playing the draft capital game? I, I don't know. I don't really fully understand the whole situation. Well, none of us really know, I guess. I mean, I'm sure teams are wondering the same thing. Like, if you're a GM and you're thinking of acquiring Julio, what? I guess how do you reach out and kind of feel out, test the waters into, hey, like, what what's it going to take to get this guy? And if you have a good relationship with GM and people, maybe you can do that. Like, hey, just come on, man. Let's, let's find a way to get this done. What are you guys looking for? Hey, what would you give for uh, Julio Jones to join you? AJ, I want you, AJ Hawk. All-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, yep. Super Bowl champion, has been in the locker room. How many years uh, did you play? Uh, 11. 11 years. <laughs> in the, the amount of young players that were supposed to be franchise changers that have come into a locker room that AJ was in after 11 years and then immediately turned around and walked the fuck out not doing a damn thing. Very, very high. What would you give up for Julio Jones? Well, when I saw that they said it may take a second or third, I would do that instantly. Not even a question. You both. can have both. Take second, take one third, third next year. So, yeah. And if hopefully I can fit his contract uh, under under the cap, whatever I have. If not, hopefully you can talk with him and his agent before the trade is done. Like, hey, we just need to restructure. you probably get the same. Maybe we'll move some to bonuses and all of that. Play the old cap gymnastics you have to. But second or third easing, if they said, hey, a first and a third, I'd probably do that too. Yeah, me too. And by the way, if it was second and third this year, and a third next year, take that too. Sure. I just, I think most ex-players have the same thoughts as you and I, and I think it's strictly because of what our friends who thought they were going to lose their jobs because a young player was hyped up to come in and be whatever, and you know what happened? Old tried and true just stayed there, and that person fizzled out. The amount of times that that happens, it doesn't get talked about. It doesn't get talked about. It, it, even... Even if it's somebody that you know doesn't really, it kind of fizzles out of the news cycle because there's so much other shit to talk about. I think people forget about how many times draft picks fail, and it is a lot. And that is, I, I think the, you know, the draft cycle does a great job of hyping up all these players, and these players deserve to be hyped up for what they've accomplished in high school and college and everything like that. But then there's not really much coverage afterwards of the guys that just absolutely stink. Unless, unless you're the biggest bust of all time you're talked about or potentially in a conversation. But if it's just like fizzled out, it's like, is that a win? If you could get Julio Jones on your team, is it somebody that just like played three years but kind of just fizzled out or whatever? Good player, good guy, not franchise changer like Julio potentially could be. I, I think a lot of ex-players view it like you and me. But man, I get a lot of tweets from fans and coaches that are like well you, well, you can't pay that for a 32 year old it's like why there's a motherfucker that the knock that's what i'm trying to figure out what's the only knock on julio is he's 32 and they say he may have some durability issues right which Diggs, by the way did some research the durability issues that's a fugace overblown yeah, that, and that, also he's also one of the toughest receivers and he's very very physical and a tone setter too that dude when he catches the ball and runs through defenders like the whole team is energized. Man. Yeah, and he's not trying to, you know, just survive. He's what number two wide receiver in the history of the NFL for yards in the first ten years, and he's number one in the NFL's history for average yards per game over a ten-year career, or whatever. It's just I don't understand where, like Chris Ballard. All right, he'll probably see this clip. I think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he has a family that potentially watches and neighbors that watch. And I assume a lot of people in the building that potentially watch are going to say, I have a lot of respect for Chris Ballard. A lot. After talking to him as a human, his Don't vision. Don't start it like this. This is like saying with all due respect. What are you, how are you going gonna, gonna to trash it? I just want to make sure he knows while he's watching what I'm about to say that how I feel about him remains. Okay, that whole thing. 
But what is he doing? <laughs> we have what what is he doing? And I texted him the same thing, haven't gotten an answer, okay, numerous times. I've sent gifts over, I've sent texts over, I get no responses. Okay, this is the first time I've ever probably shown up in somebody's like uh text messages like, hey, can we fucking huh? Come on. Uh, can we, what are we uh, doing here? What are we even doing here? And by the way, I think I've been very public with it, so um you know, if he stinks, I'm going to have to eat this wherever, just like I did with Cam. You know what I mean? That was kind mm-hmm. of tough. But Julio Jones, get him in a Colts jersey yesterday. And by the way, I'm not the only person that is uh, uh, have rooting interest for a team that's saying that. There is mock jerseys of Julio Jones on every team right now, basically. Every team's like, yep, get him here, get him here. The Tennessee Titans, A.J. Brown, we ran it earlier. He made a TikTok about it. Like, hey, listen, this, this. You got, it's just everybody seems to want Julio on their team, except for Atlanta, for whatever reason, contracts, uh, I guess salary. And then every other GM at this point, Kyle Shanahan said, I'm not allowed to talk about other players. Uh, but we did have to give up a lot recently, but I'm not saying we're ever done, was his quote. So Shanahan, I guess they're potentially in on it. Or oh, yeah, Shanahan was asked about potentially trading for Julio Jones, and he uh, started by saying he can't talk about other teams. I, I don't, I'm not allowed to talk about can't what you're it. talking about there, but we're always interested in improving the team, but it makes it harder when you've already given up some stuff. But I would never say we're just done. So like Shanahan and Lynch are probably over there like, there's no way we can actually get... Can we get Julio? No. Let's fuck. We gave up three first rounds. Fuck it. Give him like four years from now and five years from now. If we get Julio Jones, let's go ahead. And, is he still going to play four years from now? Probably. We'll laugh at that first round pick then whenever that whole thing happens, especially if we win a Super Bowl with him in this entire thing. I just, I don't understand. Go ahead. Might, might not even need the first rounders. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we traded all of our first rounders. They're not even asking for that. They're asking for, a, you know, a second and a third maybe. I just, I don't know. Yeah, like you well, said, there's got, there's at least... You think like 10 teams maybe who it's like, hey, if we can get Julio, like we can get to the next level. Why are we so out of touch, okay, here at the Pat McAfee show? Why are we so potentially out of, shout out SportsCenter ESPN, which then everybody else just copy and paste mm-hmm. it. We, we learned a lot about the game the yesterday whenever, because I think this is the Pat McAfee show. It is. Yeah. yeah. So the quotes were... Inaccurate. The quotes were inaccurate. Mm-hmm. But the first time you see the lowercase and then quotes Pat McAfee show, I respect because that is my Twitter handle. But then you could have put the, but you didn't do that, which is a lot of people are mad, not me. I just, that was very fascinating to see that people just copy and paste that on every headline. Yeah. It was typed out the exact same way. I'm like, was there a press release that we didn't? No, Who put no. the press release? What, what, what is this whole thing? Awesome day yesterday. Shout out to Vinny. AJ, I'm sorry you just had, kind of had to sit there for a moment, but I appreciate you, obviously. I'm good. He's awesome. He is absolutely awesome. But why are we seemingly so out of touch with what like GMs are thinking uh, apparently around? Why? And fans, some fans. Hey, what's Lombardi say? what does Lombardi say about it? Have you heard? I haven't heard, no. But this I just, is I'd, a- I'd like to know Lombardi's take if he thinks, like what he thinks Julio is worth. I assume that he's Lombardi normally has now he has gotten some shit wrong I guess uh-huh. and that has been out there but I see I I feel like Lombardi normally has pretty sane takes I'd assume he'd be like a second rounder third get Julio on your team tomorrow yes I think that's how he would feel that's why I'm so confused that there's people out there that are saying don't do it it makes no sense man I don't get it it's like when Tom Brady was available last year all these teams we don't want it like when a guy becomes available all of a sudden he's 
teams don't want him anymore. Like, it doesn't make sense. Well, and I think there's a lot of egos, obviously, like who they draft, who they pick. Like, this kind of gets forced on GMs, maybe. They feel like, I don't know. I have no idea why this is happening. Well, that's why Ballard's interesting, just because he literally has consistently drafted dudes in the second and third round who have come in immediately and been very good. I yeah, mean, he's there, very he's, good. He, he knows who he's drafting. So that's the only guy where it's like, okay, well, you can kind of understand it with him because in the second round, he can find a Darius Long. But he traded away the first rounder for DeForest Buckner. For Buckner, right. And he actually said before that draft, uh, when he was on our show or whatever, I said, what are you doing tonight? He said, I'm going to sit and watch highlights of DeForest Buckner and drink some beers. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. He was like, that's how I'm going to spend my first round draft night. I'm very thankful for who we got. And if you feel like – so if you don't trade for him, you think that you're going to be able to find a Julio Jones then in the second or third round. Right of some position, a Julio Jones of some position, and maybe you will be able to do that. Maybe, and Chris seems like Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, his draft picks, Justin Blackman, Justin, he's been able yeah. to find, it seems like, dudes yeah. in the draft. But he is not against trading away and saying this guy is better than anybody we can get at this. You think you can find a Julio Jones in the third round? I, is that how you're supposed to look at it? That's how I'm looking at it. You, no. you, think, you can't find a Julio Jones in the first round. You can't find a Julio Jones. Like That, that is just what you can't. He's Julio fucking Jones. This is the aside from guy. Uh, I, I feel like we must be uh, just you know much different than everybody else. Miles Garrett, uh, he's playing basketball again. I don't know if you've seen this. AJ, did you see this? I haven't seen a oh, recent one. Ooh. Bro, some whites in, uh, in Cleveland, I think. Yeah, they had uh, they showed up at the wrong court at the wrong time at the wrong pickup game. Miles Garrett decided he wanted to play as well. And I'll tell you what, old buddy does get absolutely dunked on. And uh, Miles Garrett with the crossover. Taking the lane behind the back. Crossed up a guy twice. Yams on him. <laughs> sends him into a pole. Old white headband is Amazed by what he just seen right there. Why it, is that? I mean, I would not be trying to play that such great defense on him. I mean, you know he's going to dunk on you. Don't try to block that. I respect that he is doing that, though. This that is guy. the same guy who is, you know, guy daps him up, and then there's a tie-dye stooge in there. I mean, this pickup game is... Is there two cameras here? Who was shooting this from multiple angles? I would assume this is... Uh, that's just a zoom-in of the same yeah, shot. Okay. This is probably a kid who's waiting to play in the next game. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody that's just classic pickup. Unless this is a private pickup game, which it might be. It's a beautiful gymnasium. Yeah. If it was private, they'd be playing the other direction. I think, but yeah, old buddy with the headbands, <laughs> he knew exactly. He had a front row seat to what uh, everybody on the internet was going to see. I like the fact that that guy was playing such hard defense, but that beautifully illustrates why I don't do pickup games anymore. You see how hard that guy's going yeah. on Miles Garrett just mm -hmm. because he's like, I get a chance to play against Miles Garrett. I walk into those things, they're fucking full court press, patting the ground oh, before yeah. I get to bottom. I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. This guy. Try to get a swat on Miles Garrett. Instead, he got posterized by Miles Garrett. Something he'll remember forever. Good beard, good flow, right into a pole. Love that guy. Jeez. Love that guy. Ooh, I would imagine cool. the Browns are probably like, all right, you look awesome, man. Now shut her down. <laughs> yeah. Basketball. All right, we're not going to have you. Andrew Barry. Um, Hey, we're not going to have you break your ankle on some unathletic white. You hear me? I mean, great highlights. Love what you're doing. Love the cardio in the offseason, but. Let's not pick up another basketball ever again or another little white to dunk on. All right, let's not do anything <laughs> like that. Let's get back to it. Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, by the way, same D-line. And that he was doing that one uh, hamstring thing oh, when yeah. he was coming mm -hmm. up. Miles Garrett might be the peak human right now, by the way. He might yeah. be the peak, the peak human mm -hmm. right now with what it looks like, and which makes that defensive – decision by that guy so much more impressive but he is <laughs> I, I think he's potentially 
he was like defensive MVP conversation, and now he's got another guy on that D line. Yet another guy. I mean, it's that's a problem. Well, the Browns go get Julio. Do they got it? Where are they gonna put him? Oh yeah, they got a second. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, Chubb Chubb and Hunt, Hooper, Hooper, Hooper. Joku, Higgins. The Browns have 19 million cap space next year. Chargers, too. They don't have the cojones. They don't have the gut sack to make a move like that. Yeah, they did. They went and got to Davion. I mean, they were in. He stinks. Hey, what if I send Andrew Barry and say, don't you even think about it. Don't you Put your phone down. even think about doing what you're thinking about doing right now. You know, good episode today. Yeah, actually kind of quite a bit of stuff to talk about. Flew by. Today. Flew by. Did not expect it to fly the way it flew. Speaking of fly, we got to do that down to Tampa for another Friday night SmackDown. We'll be live from the FanDuel Beach House in Champa Bay tomorrow. Big guests, big conversations. Can't thank you enough. Uh, be a friend, tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Thursday night. We'll see you manana. Cheers.